welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself is your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today as well as my mom, owner of a child, I guess. the I own a child. I now have a baby Yoda. We got her a baby Yoda. I love my although, baby Yoda. She's sitting on my desk. Although he, it's not... He, he, he she? We, do, we don't, we don't sure. know. You know. Yeah, we're not sure entirely gender. certain. Yeah. Um, although, I, with with all the stuff that's been happening in Star Wars, I would assume it would probably be a woman. Yeah. I, I think that's... And, and that's not a horrible thing at all. Nobody ever identifies. No, that's actually one of the kind of unique... And we don't things. know which pronouns to use. No. Well, speaking of pronouns... Okay. Um, well, not exactly pronouns here, but part of that goes into it here. So we actually got a little bit of a breaking news when we did this here. So we are recording this on... February 13th, day before Valentine, and just this week on Wednesday, it was announced that um, the actress Gina Carano, um, again, who was a former MMA fighter who was playing the character of Cara Dune in the series, which, again, we both really praised. We both really liked her in that role. Oh, I think she is perfect in that role. Absolutely perfect. Um, but she, she looks like, like the cartoon if you would draw it. Yeah, again, that, and again, yeah, that was the thing. Like, if I wanted, like, I want a gruff... Ex-soldier. Okay, all right. But a woman. Gotcha. I can do that. And she's beautiful, and mm -hmm. she just she so fits the role. Oh, absolutely. Again, she is, she is a perfect fit for the role. Um, however, unfortunately, she will no longer be in that role. Um, as Lucasfilm has decided to part ways with the actress and is, will no longer have her in any future Star Wars projects. Now, this comes on the heels of her social media posts... Um, that have been dating back for a bit here now, um, but kind of came to a head here just this, um, I don't know if it was this week here or last week when she posted it here, but it kind of came to a head this week, um, where she posted that American conservatives were like Jews in Nazi Germany. It's an interesting post because I think the point it makes, um, makes the opposite point. Um, because the uh, the parallels that could be drawn right now, um, you have Q non-believers who are suggesting that Hollywood elite and um, Democrats are um, pedophiles who collect children and use the use children's blood to make to make el youth elixirs, and. Um, and this very much parallels some of the stories that were being told in Germany about Jews during the Renaissance and then again during the Hitler era in mm -hmm. the 1930s that um, helped create an environment in which people would allow Jews to be arrested. Yes. So it, it's an interesting quote that, that she has re, she re, reposted somebody else's quote. Okay. Uh, but it's an interesting quote because it says that we're creating this environment in which um, uh, conservatives are being treated like Jews were being treated in, in Germany. And it's not the Nazis who are really responsible for the arrest. Remember that people allowed them to be arrested because such, such hatred was created. And, um, and so I think to me, as, as the, the lovely little liberal that I am, um, it has the opposite impact. I look at it and say, well, isn't that what QAnon's doing with this, this false narrative that um, all Democrats and Hollywood elite are pedophiles drinking children's blood? Um, 
but it's interesting. But I want to I want to look at this in a different way. Okay. She she very quickly the following day, like Thursday or Friday, because this thing came down on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. By Thursday or Friday, she already had a movie deal with. Uh, with the Daily Wire, yes, which was a conservative uh, conservative media outlet. Right, she already had a deal with them. What would stop somebody um, from purposely posting something that would get them fired, so that they could go on to another opportunity if they were engaged in a contract that wouldn't allow them to pursue something else? I think that's it's an, a pretty blatant post. It's a very blatant post, but it's not uncharacteristic for her either. Again, now keep in mind. She has also posted um, disparaging things about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, she's also made a point of peddling the false narrative that there was widespread uh, fraud during the 2020 presidential elections. Um, and she's also previously been transphobic um, on her Twitter. She, uh, it, What you'll occasionally see from people who are... Um, People who uh, LGBT are right. are transgender will identify themselves as certain pronouns for themselves. I heard about her pronoun issue that she didn't want to. She she recognized herself as like a beep bop boop. Yep, I um, read that. And so um, and again, which is which can be seen as very which can see be seen as disparaging to people who are of that community. At the end of the day, right. Um, and. You know, like again, she's she's clearly has very right wing conservative values and principles that she's uh, espousing. At the end of the day, whether that fits in a Lucas in Lucasfilm and Disney sort of all inclusive sort of environment anymore, I clearly don't think really does. Um, and it, so, it, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because um, Disney, you know during my childhood was very much family and and not just family oriented but and and not just espousing strong families but but really wholesome yes disney had had and and i would imagine probably still has um all sorts of rules about what kind of shirts you can wear inside the park um yeah there there's a, a, fair, a list of things yeah again i mean like i think for and again a lot of that, I think, really does come down to, um, you know, trying to portray a certain image that nets them the most bang for their buck at the end of the day here. Yeah. Um, and so not to belabor the notion here anymore, the, in the wake of uh, Carano being released uh, by Lucasfilm, uh, there have been uh, calls on Twitter with the hashtag cancel Disney Plus trending for people to boycott Disney over the firing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is... I mean, I get that people see this as another another stab at cancel culture. Yeah, I don't... I, I see that as well. I don't necessarily... Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that it's a fair analogy here. I mean, like... I don't. It's not cancel culture because these people. Because it's not as if her views are being taken away from her at all or anything. Um, it's rather the fact that this company doesn't want to deal with somebody who has these particular has these particular opinions online, which may be to the detriment of a lot of their fans, in which they are really trying to to gain here at the end of the day. And I, there probably is a, a political math here at the end of the day that says. 
you know, do we lose X, Y amount of people for having somebody like this on our, on our cast, you know, versus if you release this person, how many people do we potentially lose, um, at the end of the day? And I think really with the wake of Twitter and everything out there that it's in your best interest to be, you know, to be on the, on, try to be on the, what is considered maybe the right side of certain things at the end of the day, um, it's interesting because um, it actually is affecting. It's affecting lots of shows. Um, it you know it, Roseanne obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bachelor right now has a, a a storm brewing because it has as one of its um, one of its bachelorettes this go around. You know one of the girls that the Bachelor is is currently dating and is doing quite well on the show. Rachel. Uh, Pictures have come out of her, uh, of her at a plantation ball. That uh, that was that is apparently a tradition in the old South to hold these plantation balls that that uh, recreate the era of slavery. Mm-hmm. And those pictures have come out, and it's come out that their past bachelorette uh, Hannah Brown was also at an event like that. And um, and of course, this season's bachelor is black. Um, in their attempt to get diversity, so. They are um, they're they're undergoing a similar storm. Yeah. So it's affecting it's affecting I think a lot of shows. I just wondered um, because they had tolerated her bebop boop. Yeah. And and I and I get actually that there um, a lot of what uh, is driving some of the political storm that we have right now is this sense that I'd like to go back to the days when I didn't have to worry so much about what I said. That's not coming from me. I understand. I have transgender friends. I have uh, bisexual friends. I have gay friends. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have the vantage point of, of understanding a different point of view and of having watched um, someone um, who, who I went to high school with and, and our family's quite close to um, become transgen- transgender during um, the early 90s when it wasn't as accepted and 20 years ago and and uh so i've also seen that struggle firsthand yeah and i don't um i i think part of the thing there as well is that you know like the genie the the bot the, the the top is off the bottle here at the end of the day the, the genie bottle here like there's no you can't put the genie back in the bottle at this point and i think it's incumbent on people to realize that what you say you know, gets echoed in, it gets echoed across the entire world. Um, and, you know, this is partly the reason why I don't post very often online at all to begin with, only because I don't want, you know, my um, opinions to be taken either in the wrong way or to be misinterpreted, twisted, misinterpreted yeah. or twisted around yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, now, similar claims have also come out for Pedro Pascal as well. Um, cause at one point here back in 2018, he, um, is previously equated, uh, the child migrants to being Jews in Nazi Germany, um, which I think is maybe a little bit more of an apt example at the end of the day. He's since removed that and apologized for that tweet. Yeah. Um, but there have been people that have wanted to have him, uh, removed from the role as well. Um. Now, previously, um, Gina Carano, as of time of writing here, potentially wasn't even going to be in the third season of The Mandalorian at all. 
Well, I'd like so so let's so let's get into this season because I actually wondered if there was going to be a third season by the end. That that is actually up in the air potentially too. So um, so yeah. So let's get into the new season here. Um, but but I, I still want to want to stick with with I I wonder because the the post that that in question is pretty blatant. Um, how much of that and given the the quickness with which he reached a deal with someone else, really, how much of that is is taking advantage of a situation and forcing uh, a release? Pedro Pascal or for Miss Carano? For Miss Carano, for Gina Carano. I don't... I, you don't think so? I don't think so. I mean, Star Wars is a pretty lucrative contract. I mean, they were literally about to make an entire TV series for her called Rangers of the New Republic. I'd heard about Rangers of the New Republic. Okay. And again, so this was would have been a series that would have potentially starred, you know, Cara Dune in it or would have been a featured role in it. Okay. Um, and so I don't see... You don't see her passing on that? I, again, I mean, like, it's it's Disney money at the end of the day. I don't know how you pass up Disney money at the end of the day um, to be in a Disney feature here. Now, I know, you know, you some people might have difference of opinions on Disney uh, at the end of the day here. But again, I mean, like, especially if you're, like, a, you know, if they're making an entire TV series based around your character, that means that they probably want you to stick around for a while. And, and and again, a lot of the new series which got announced after the um, second season of Mandalorian here um, were going to be three new TV series that would continue on on Disney+, Plus, with them eventually culminating, again, all happening around the same time frame and same universe, would eventually all like cross and intermingle with each other. So there was a potential to have... Yeah, I was going to ask about that. If they're all in the same time period, you know, is there the opportunity to have... Mm-hmm. So Disney's actually done this once before with Netflix, actually, and Marvel. They had four individual TV series on Marvel that eventually teamed up in a crossover called The Defenders, or rather than The Avengers, The Defenders. Uh, and again, all... Name. Yeah. Uh, which is a... There was a team in, in Marvel called The Defenders as well. It's primarily a, uh, a British version. So instead of a S.H.I.E.L.D., it was an organization called S.W.O.R.D., so again, so the naming conventions always kind of are very cute. Sword and Shield. Sword and Shield, that's yeah. cute. Um, so, um, and again, they, and so again, I mean, they've done this previously in the past. So, and again, um, John Favreau, who has been an executive producer on other Marvel projects, again, would not be too dissimilar from doing something similar like this with Star Wars here, especially in the case of pushing um, some of the other characters, like the Star Wars has made a big push for one of the major characters that it's in that was in one of the episodes here um uh Ashoka uh, Tano played by Rosaria Dawson oh, okay. this season the, uh, with the, with the weird the weird uh braid thingies yes yeah or yeah these are tendrils that come down in her head um again she was a big part of uh Clone Wars uh, the animated the CGI series here and then she also made a reappearance in uh Rebels as well and so she's been this kind of this really kind of cool fan character that's um, that I'm sure and again Disney's been making a really big or not Disney but uh, Star Wars has been Star Wars and Lucasfilm is making you know a very important character along the lines here again it's this she because she 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 is she is a Jedi 
She yes and no actually. Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. So she, um, based off her original story here again, she's the former Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. And so eventually, so in training. Yeah. So again, so um, like Anakin would have been to Obi Wan at, at one point during episode. Okay, but two. you but you have you know an Obi Wan series coming up. Yes. Yeah, so the new Obi Wan series coming up <laughs> is actually going to take the space between. Um, the end of the cl- or the end uh, the end of episode three, and um, before a new hope. So it's supposed to bridge that gap of what was Obi Wan doing in that time frame while he was on Tatooine when he, when he was becoming a, a hermit and watching over Luke. I yes. assume. Yes. Yes. So that it's supposed to take place during that time frame at least. So are you going to see Luke during that? Uh, if you do a very childish Luke, I would imagine like a some some kid who gets to play Luke Skywalker. Um, Hopefully nothing will befall him, the same kid that had to play um, Anakin Skywalker, because that guy basically, right after the, the movies, you know, right after the first movie hit, like, I think he did one or two more roles and then disappeared and has had uh, uh, various issues throughout his life since then. Because, um, you know, a lot of the fans um, and people blame him for the direction that ended up going for the later Star Wars prequels. That's not his fault. No, it's not his fault at all, and... Um, as a result of, I think, online bullying and uh, bullying from his peers as well. Because, again, keep in mind, like he was only in, like, s- like third or fourth grade when he got tapped for that role. Um, he went away for the summer and then came back and is like, oh, yeah, you got to be in a Star Wars film. And now all of his classmates are basically just kind of like, you sucked in the movie, you know. Ugh. You know, like, it, it, he's... Well, on, and, and I, I mean, I have to say... Online bullying has become such a, a prevalent sort of thing. Yeah, and and really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we're not, I'm not scoffing at it at the end of the day here. I mean, I just don't know a better way to describe it. No, no, no. I no. I, I think it's I think it's it's important to address it. But yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's become a thing where where um, you know people who are you know especially hard hit are people who are on reality shows. Oh, you yeah. had a normal life and aren't prepa- at all prepared, I think, for, for what can happen. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. So, okay. um, but no, so yeah. So, so let's, so let's go through the series here. Um, we pick back up right after the events of the first one. Okay. So this the is first season se- two. Season two happens pretty season much two. right afterwards. Now, uh, the Mandalorian uh, or our Mandalorian here has been tasked with getting the child back to, he now has a quest. Yes, he now has a quest. And and the child is now his foundling. Mm-hmm. He's dad. He's got a dad or an uncle, something like that, I guess. He's kind of dad. Oh, very much dad. Um, so the first episode actually takes us back to Tatooine. To it's interesting. Um, it's very much a... a, a Western. Oh yes, again a traveling western. It's a traveling western. Um, it's very much a western. Um, that that episode, perhaps the most of any of them, mm-hmm. um, because um, they have to get rid of a dragon that travels underground. A crate dragon, yes. And uh, and they they able to to cobble together um, the sand people and the and the, the mining people who live in the village. So the sand people, I think, are actually kind of the more interesting aspect here because again. Um, there are a bunch of those actors who were playing the sand people um, are actually deaf people or people who uh, 
primarily communicate with ASL. Yes, and and he's able to communicate with them through ASL. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize it because uh, Auntie Mary does ASL. Yep, uh, she's hearing impaired, and um, and and so you get to you get to watch him communicate, and 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 uh, Pedro Pascal is doing ASL as well. Doing ASL as well. So it's it's um, actually very charming, and he manages to have them all work together. And I love the scene in which, of course, the dragon dies. Mm-hmm. Because he just kind of shoots out of it at one point. Yeah, yeah. So um, the Mandalorian has to basically sacrifice himself. um, And he goes inside the the beast, which is huge. Um, And uh, and, and ends up exploding it from the inside and he shoots out. With his rocket pack. With his rocket pack, yeah. Um, Pretty cool. So along the way as well, they meet um, a local sheriff that happens to have. I like him. I hope we see him again. He might be in Rangers. He was really, he was really kind of fun. I like his attitude. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's another character. He was a fun guy. There's another character that might potentially resurface again, of only just because he's been a fan favorite now for two seasons. Uh, Maze, uh, Maze, 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 I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I like him too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love it. I love his. I love it. I, I just want more scenes of him and the Mandalorian together, just because it's so much fun to see them working against each other. Well, but but working with each other. Oh, working with each other. Don't get me wrong. But again, like one of them is very antagonistic to the other, and I'm okay with well, that. Well, one's one's very very sarcastic and and uh, jaded and jaded, yeah, and the other's very idealistic and and mm-hmm. uh, value driven. And so... Um, Again, they make a good buddy cop thing at the end yeah. of the Yeah. When we get to that episode, I love the, I love the ending. Oh, yes. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so. So, yeah. So, you get through... Um, so, we get to the final... So, the other thing we get in that very first episode is that he's looking for another Mandalorian to help him. Yeah. So, at the, so at the, end, of the, at the end of the first season, he gets the foundling. He gets responsibility. And... Um, and he's perplexed because he doesn't know how he's going to find um, Baby Yoda's family. Mm-hmm. Baby Yoda needs to be with the Jedi. Yes. And um, and one of the things, well, I guess no, it's a couple episodes forward, so we'll talk about that. Um, but um, he's got to find other Mandal. She, you know, she tells him other Mandalorian will help you. Will help you. Um, and but you know you're going to have to go to them for help, and and you'll have to find them. And they and because Mandalorian, by definition, sort of live underground. The, yeah, not underground, but they live very. It's a very quiet society at this point here. Like there's not a lot. Well, of they come. You, but remember when they're on Navarro, they come from, basically underground. Pretty much, yeah. The sewer system. Yeah, I mean they're underground in the sense that they're not common. Well, but people didn't really know they were there either. They just sort no. of sprung out of nowhere. Yeah, in that in that particular case, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so he's got to find others, and and he ends up you know bar hopping in various places. We get the 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 lady mechanic from mm-hmm. the from the earlier episode, who I, I'm charmed by her as well. Oh yeah, I love the characters. Um, and uh, and and uh, she's able to direct him. Or actually goes into a bar and, and that person directs him. 
No, no, no. She directs. Uh, she directs. She, she kind okay. of points him and is like, "Oh yeah, there might be a Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Somebody's been out, seen. Yeah, out in the middle, or somebody who looks like you, Someone way like out him. in the in the middle yeah. of the desert." Yeah, and so he goes. To, he goes in, and this guy basically has Mandalorian armor that he found. Doesn't just have anybody's Mandal- Mandalorian armor. Well, we don't know that yet. You don't. You don't know that yet. But again, the, as fans, you would know the, this particular armor. Oh, would you? Oh yeah, yeah. It's again. You would immediately recognize the armor as being. Boba Fett's armor. Okay, because as a, not a fan, I didn't know. Okay, yeah. So you, I didn't know whose armor. Yeah, you see this armor initially, and again, you think it's Boba Fett initially until he takes off the helmet, and then you look under it, and it's like, no, you don't look like Jango Fett at all. Yeah. Because remember that Boba Fett is the clone of Jango, Jango Fett, Fett. Yeah. At the end of the day here. But, um, so again, so a lot of us were kind of like, ooh, really, Boba Fett already? We were actually going to go there? And didn't actually happen and so, yet. Or at all yet, so ta-da. So, but but, but he's so he's kind of found it. He's sheriff of the town. He's cleaned up the town quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, which is a theme. Yes, working with the local, trying to work with all the locals, and and, and, save and, them and organizing it. Yeah, and um and and they partner with the sand people, and they go through, they go through that whole experience, um and um at the end of it. Uh, the Mandalorian collects the armor because the armor needs to go back to the rightful person, and, and somebody who's not a Mandalorian shouldn't have Mandalorian armor. Mm-hmm. It is the way. That's the way. Yes, that's the way. And um, and so then you you move on. Actually, you go back to the hangar in Tatooine. Reed, yeah, where he's actually allowed the droids to come fix his ship a little bit. Well, because now that he's had the nurse droid in season one, mm-hmm. who turned out to be quite loyal, he's much more trusty of droids. Yeah, still got his hand on on the on his gun, but I mean, or his blaster in this case, but more um, definitely more trusting and um, allowing of them to be there. Yeah, and, and work on his ship. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the um, Oh, uh, the mechanic or the owner of the hangar here basically says, like, hey, like, I got a lead for you. This chick here knows how, you know, this, you know, I know a woman who knows where to find the Jedi at. You know, he's yeah. like, well, really cool. Yeah. She's, okay. She's, there's one on her island. You're, there's one on her planet. Planet, sorry. Um, so you've got to take her there. The only catch is that when you're taking her there, you can't travel in hyperspace. You can only travel at impulse, and it's like it's going to take you know what would because be because she has children, children's eggs. She has eggs that she has. she has to get back to the planet by a certain time, so that her frog husband. She's a frog. Yeah, oh yeah. Did so we say that? I don't think we've so mentioned her, that here. She's some sort of like frog person that actually doesn't speak um, anything he can basic or like the other major alien language that is. other aliens who can't speak basic. Yeah. So, so he can't communicate with her. Mm-hmm. She has this this tank tank of eggs. Yeah, it's like a husband... ba- it's like a backpack slung sort of like tank, I guess. Yeah, um, which are her children that need to be but, fertilized. But I mean, you can see you can see them floating. Yeah, yeah. and they, I guess they need to be fertilized by her husband at a certain. Maybe Yoda like to eat them. He has eaten quite a few of them. Yeah, well, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so. This leads us into episode two. Yeah, this leads us into episode two. And, um, you know, the, of course, the fact that he can't go hyper speed. Means uh, that they got to go, like, pretty slow. slow. 
and that they are they can be tracked mm-hmm. very easily. So they get tracked by two uh, X-wings from the New Republic, um, and he proceeds to um, he, he's communicating with them and he's tr- putting on his beacon here. Um, and they're like, are you X, Y, and Z? He's like, ah, crap, they found me. Yeah. Make a run for it to this ice planet where he lands, sort of, but then kind of like crashes through. He lands, but then, but then the, but then the ice underneath him breaks and he drops like two stories. Mm -hmm. Then it hurts his ship pretty badly. Really? Yeah. Um, and eventually, um the frog lady decides she needs you know she's going to explore a little bit even though the mandalorian is told no don't 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 leave the ship don't leave the ship you know don't don't leave the ship stay here you know but no she's cold obviously she's an amphibious creature yes she's Um, she's amphibian so she's cold-blooded she finds a warm bath but yeah she finds like a hot spring or something and meanwhile yoda's baby yoda's gotten hungry oh yes so mind you, it's kind of a semi-runny joke here. Baby Yoda's been opening up the tank and eating um, these, I guess, like tadpoles. Um, tadpole creature egg thingies. And as much as like the mandolin keeps stopping, it's like, no, stop that. Yeah. These are not these are not food. Although Baby Yoda loves to eat, so that's perfectly okay with me. We never see Yoda eating at all, which has always kind of been interesting to me. But. Um, no, so while they're at the pool, they anger some of the locals. Um, locals being these, like, ice spiders, I guess, is kind of the best way to describe Yeah, them. well, I mean, when the ice spiders start hatching, well, Baby Yoda starts hatching the, the ice spiders, he goes to eat one. Yeah, he eats, like, a like, like ice the, spider that's kind of in an egg. He just kind of opens up and, like, crunches on it, and then, like, they start hatching. all of them start hatching. They start hatching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not pretty. Uh, and then there's, like... A big one that comes. So first they're like, because again, first the mama the, spider. Comes. So first, so first they're like no bigger than like a teddy bear. Yeah. And then like the next ones are probably like the size of your of like your average sort of like golden retriever, I, I guess maybe. And then the next one is like the size of, you know, like a, a spacecraft. A, or, I mean, or like a Winnebago, huge. I guess maybe. Yeah. It's like it's a big, big spider. spider. Um, yeah, if you're if you're not happy with creepy crawlies, they don't really bother the, me much. But one that size certainly would. Oh yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm the, I don't. This isn't Charlotte's Web. Oh no, no, no! If this was Charlotte's Web. Charlotte, Charlotte was on something that day. Steroids. Steroids, cocaine, you know. Yeah. Well, um, oh, horse tranquilizers, bath salts, definitely bath salts. Salt, yeah. So uh, so yeah so so he has to defeat the spider before he can. Well, so he's trying. He's trying to. He's he's patched up the ship a little bit. So he's trying to get the ship started at least. Now, keep in mind, like the ship's taken a quite a bit of damage, where like there's a literal hole in the hull. Yeah, and they can only stay on the flight deck. They can't go anywhere else. Yeah, in the cockpit essentially. Yeah. Um, and the spider is not helping the situation should, out yeah. at all. He's he's doing. Spider's pissed. Spider's pissed and trying to get into this, into um, the ship here, which I never. I, I can't remember the name. I know it has a name. Um, but I can't the Crest. Remember. Oh, the crest. the crest. Yeah, he's trying to get into the Crest. And thankfully, those X-Wing pilots come back. Yep. With blasters in hand. And they basically shoot at the spider enough to kind of like 
get them to be like, okay, no more, no mas, no mas. We don't want it anymore. And these are the ones that he was trying to outchase mm -hmm. to get away from because they knew they knew that he had freed in in season one. He had freed a uh, a prisoner from a. Well, he was in the incident where they were um, in episode six. I want to say where they were in the uh, New Republic prison ship and were trying to free people. We're trying to free a person out of it. Yeah. Um, and they eventually go on to say, like, hey, had you just talked to us, you know, like, we might have overlooked this because at the end of the day here, like, they spoke highly of you because you actually, as much as you boarded a, a, a prison ship here and you should go to jail for that, that you saved part of the crew and apprehended the others on the crew, that, uh, the others in your yeah, team. You, yeah. Including Mayfeld yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. So, um... So we're going to let bygones be guy bygones and say we didn't actually catch, see, see you, you here at yeah. all at the end of the day. You know, had you just talked with us. Lesson learned. Lesson learned, yeah. So now the crest is like bloodied and broken. Really limping along. Limping along. It finally gets to... Better than it is later. Oh, yeah. Much better than it is later. later. So yeah. eventually like hobbles its way to um, to the frog planet to the frog planet where so this is episode three and the drop off frog lady and her husband who points him in the direction of a um general akbar does that name mean anything to you yes so this is the fish guy who fish says yeah. uh, you know it's a trap yeah um so it's an entire race. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the species to save my well, life it's kind of an amphibian planet yeah, there's an amphibious planets there. So he basically points out that um, we can take you to some Jedi if you'll follow us on our crab ship or our crabbing ship, I guess, yeah. it's, or our fishing yeah. trawler. Yeah. It's hard to tell what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they basically decided, you know what? There's a bounty on, you know, well, there's not a bounty on the kid, no. But you know what? We're going to... Well, there is a bounty on the kid. There's no, a huge bounty on the kid. Nope. They remember that got removed by the, that got removed by um, Apollo Creed here by the at the end of episode eight. There, but 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 there's a there's a reward for the for the capture of the kid. Yeah, there's a reward for the capture that of the kid. That comes up later. Yeah, so they so they decided that they want the kid, um, and they don't care about killing a Mandalorian to do it. Um, and then so they've almost got the kid, you know underwater in a kind of a trap sort of situation yeah but the kid's like locked in his little egg carrier by the by the way how much did these these creatures remind you of pirates of the caribbean oh right yeah they look like the sea people that are like on with, with, the, ship. With, with the octopus faces yeah they they reminded me a lot of pirates of the caribbean no, I can, now that you mentioned it, I can certainly see it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got uh, that, that face with the tentacle mm -hmm. thing going. Oh, absolutely. Um, Need to watch them talk because sort of, oh, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. thing's sort of animated. Oh, it's very cool. Yeah. And again, all practical. A lot of that practical. And effects. all that for a 40-minute like show, 35, 40-minute show. Oh, yeah. And again, throwaway characters in some in some respects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's important to remember that if, if this were on broadcast TV, it would fill an hour. Mm-hmm. Because... Commercial breaks. Yeah, because of commercial breaks and entering in and out of things. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's a lot of money 
for CGI for a, a 30, 30 to 40 minute. I mean, it's rather posh that way, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Well, again, remember that they, they saved a lot of money on the filming locations because they all filmed it from kind of the same circular sort of room. Air, yeah. area room because yeah. of the, the 3D type thing. And you'll see that on our on our we, – I've linked the video for that um, in the podcast notes for, la, for last, last week's week, yeah. episode. Um, but, yeah, just so just a, a heads up, look a lot like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, but then they get saved by three Mandalorians. Brilliant. So these are the Night Owls. Um, the first one here, is, the leader of this is Bo-Katan Kree. It's the same. Do tell me that, that, that there's going to be a um, follow-up series with her. So um, She has possibilities. Oh, you know who that is, though, don't you? That is Katie Sackoff. Who is Katie Sackhoff? So Katie Sackhoff actually played um, the character of Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars animated series. Ah. But she's also very famously um, has chops in star in sci-fi stuff. She was the title character of Kara, and make sure I get this correctly, Kara Starbuck Theris in Battlestar Galactica. Well, how could you not like somebody with the name Starbuck? Oh, and again, because so, I am a coffee girl. Oh no, absolutely. And again, um, so keep in mind, like, start okay. again. I've got my, I've got my cup right here. Mm-hmm. Again, from the original TV series of, um, there was a character named Starbuck whose call sign was Starbuck, and you know, this is a very on the same kind of lines of like Cara Dune sort of char- level character, which is like this gruff sort of like not female, but not necessarily feminine sort of identity. Doesn't matter on a battleship where everything's trying to kill you. Uh, and, they've, and, they've met, and they've met before. Or is this their first meeting? Is this the first meeting? This is their first meeting, but for us, if you're Star Wars fans, you remember seeing her from both uh, the Clone Wars and again in Rebels years later. Okay. Um, and so to to us fans here, like she is not necessarily a new character. It's kind of like, <gasps> we know who that is. And again, if you in your case, obviously, you don't know who that she, is. She, who that is. But she makes, so she makes a very interesting comment. Mm-hmm. Um, when she talks about, she is actually Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and she's a real she's Mandalorian from, from Mandalore. But she, but and the three of them are, and they but they don't wear their masks, their helmets all the time. So yeah, so actually, to she speak, she makes the the uh, comment here. Yeah, yeah, no. So I have the notes here for this literally. So, um, so the way so again when we actually see other Mandalorians in the TV series, um, in Clones and Rebels, they take off their helmets all the time. So, um. The fact that we see the Mandalorian not taking off his helmet would let us, some of us, to think like, is this a new thing with the Mandalorians? Or is but this... but you hear um, in season one that you can't, nobody can take off the helmet. You can't mm-hmm. take off the helmet. You're not supposed to take off the helmet. No. You wear the helmet. It and, is the way. Mm-hmm. And we later understand. And we he le- can't eat in front of people. <laughs> and and he's in a restaurant ordering ordering food for for Baby Yoda, and he says, "Well, I'll get something to go on my way out." Mm-hmm. Again, and so um, in meeting Bo-Katan here, we actually learn from her um, that uh, our Mandalorian mm-hmm. is a part of a religious religious fanatic cult known as Children of the Way. And so his particular sect. So because he's a foundling. No, not just because he's not. Not in the case that he's a foundling. No, it's just that um, this particular sect of Mandalorians are not common, and they are very much underground. These are the these people follow what was considered at one point um, a religious faith called the Way, mm-hmm. that was very popular in you know that was popular in Mandalore culture, 
centuries ago. Prior to the, prior to the current times. Or prior to the wars. Prior, to, well, not even some into the beginning of some of those wars. It, it was still around, and so it's gone out of favor since then. Um, I, I'm trying to think like a good example of it here, like I. And not to speak ill of any other religions in this particular case, but I guess maybe like Druidism, maybe. Okay. Or something of that well, kind of like. not speaking ill. I mean, no. that's just. Again, it's not a common thing at the end of the day. Um, but they they are out there, I guess, is the best way to put that. I mean, I'm again, not trying so, to disparage so, anything. Well, I mean, there are people who would describe being an Orthodox Christian as being out there because it's, it's hearkening to an older way. We mm-hmm. don't have altar girls. We only have altar boys mm-hmm. because... The original apostles were all male. Yeah, original so. disciples um, were all male, and um, and and there are people who who view that yeah. that way. So and I ag- get it. And again, from from a, from our Mandalorians' perspective here, again, Mandalorians, you've been told your entire life are this particular way, and again, Mandalorians are not a common thing. To the point, right? Well, very few people have seen them, and and and, uh, and again, when he's asking around, that's the that's the response. No, yeah, never seen anybody so like seen, you. No, never seen anybody like you. And again, his title again, most people call him Mando the, because they don't. He is the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because again, that's he's the only Mandalorian anybody's ever seen. Yeah, and again, this is kind of what you would think similar to like a Jedi because you don't see or but hear. But everybody knows what Beskar is. Yes, because again, like it's again legendary armor. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So also amongst that crew there is a guy named Axe Wolves. <laughs> I love the name. His name is his name is Axe A X E. Yeah. Wolves W W O V E S minus the L. Yeah. Um, the other individual there, which is probably one of my favorite people here in this entire thing, is Koska Reeves. Uh-huh. Um, better, uh huh. Better played by a lady named Mercedes Vernado. Also better known as Sasha Banks from the WWE. Oh, really? Yes. Who did a lot of her own stunts, including WWE moves and wrestling moves. In fact, actually, um, when they were going through the process of uh, doing up her hair up in a certain way here, she purposely did it. She purposely asked them to do it in a certain way that could be easily cosplayed by other people. So they could cosplay as her and have her unique hairstyle. That's cute. She's also... Um, so very aware. Yeah, and keep in mind, like, WWE wrestlers are are very much into cosplay at the end of the day here. Um, there has been a number of wrestlers who have purchased wrestling attire to match certain comic book heroes and other people here. Um, again, famously, Sasha Banks for... Uh, the first royal, the first uh, women's Royal Rumble back in 2017. Yes, 2017. Here, um, wore a wrestling outfit attire um, that was similar to Wonder Woman. Really? Yeah. So she has this particular. That, sti- that's quite an icon to 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 m- mimic. Yeah. Again, and uh, other wrestlers like. Um, uh, Seth Rollins, who is another one here, he has done uh, one of the uh, Ice Kings from Frozen Thrones before. It came to WrestleMania like that. Um, he came to, uh, I want to say it's SummerSlam in uh, looking like Thanos. Oh, really? With the glove? No, actually, so uh, he tore his bicep and his right leg. So his right leg, um, his boot was all gold. 
with the little stones at his toes. Uh-huh. So that was his Infinity Gauntlet because he had a, he has a move where he um, called the Stomp where like you kind of arch your back upwards like you're trying to rise like a like a not like downward dog but kind of like as you're kind of like on all fours and he and he basically jumps on your back with his foot and slams you back down into the mat. So it's with a nice his right, guy. he's actually been betrayed on and off as a good guy and a, as both a babyface and a heel. Um, famously, also the New Day with uh, have come out in different sort of uh, cosplay gear. They came to WrestleMania one day as uh, Saiyan warriors from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So again, there's been a number of like. It, it's it's been done, you know. There's a lot of sometimes where yeah, it's been yeah. done where the, when again special events will come out in specialty gear or gear that's mimicking something else going on. Like some like some wrestlers have gone out in uh, gear that's of their favorite football team or or any sort of like recent sort of stuff here. At the end of the day, uh, for the Royal Rumble, the New Day actually came out with gear based off of uh, uh, their fallen friend Brody Lee from AEW because he. Uh, tragically passed away here very young recently too so yeah again really kind of a cool guy at the end of the day was a bit of veteran of wrestling for years and um was also one of those guys that like you know took care of you in the back in the back room in the locker room yeah um and again just very much left like this indelible mark of like we lift up everybody else and we get better because it makes us look better too but you get you know you get people to be better and you help them out when necessary. Again, a very beloved wrestler at the end of the day it was very sad to hear of his passing, unfortunately. Aww. So, um, but no, yeah, again, the WWE star in this and um, and she purposely shot her stuff over the course of two or three weeks, uh-huh. um, and still had to have stunt doubles because she didn't want to interfere with her WWE career. Because famously, there is a wrestler uh, known as Lita who actually um, was doing, um, was acting on a TV show, did a stunt, and broke her neck. Oh my gosh! Forcing her to be out of action for nearly a year and a year and a half to two years. And that's because when you're doing it on a wrestling stage, it's all matted and and. You got a lot more matting, and you have professionals that have done these moves and know how to do these moves as well. I mean, you've practiced them. Right. Um, you know, dozens and dozens of hundreds of not times, and you perform them, you know, on such a routine basis that, like, when you go to do it here, like, you you know how to do it, you know? Yeah. You know, people who, you know, like, and you know the correct way to do it versus stump people who, you know, may have done it maybe two, three, four times before you actually do it here may not know the best way to yeah. catch a person or how to fall correctly. And especially with wrestling here, like, it's a really a matter of, like, you do a you know you lift somebody up and you throw them but that other person has to know how to fall and land at the end of the day too so you have to throw so you put a lot of your faith in the person that's picking you up and throwing you at the end of the day to make sure that you that they give you enough control that you land on your back properly so you get all the impact over your entire back to minimize the amount of force that goes into any one particular so thing spread. Yeah. yeah so cuz again all that energy and crashing down to the mat if you do that in just one single spot like you could do a lot of damage and bruising. takes all the impact yeah 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 which is literally the first thing they teach you in in wrestling is how to fall you literally spend weeks learning how to fall properly yeah before you're ever allowed to even just like great now you get to lock up and learn how to do that it's like wait what i don't have to fall anymore nope your your back should be nice and firm now but you know you need you know falling is a big deal um so you get to meet the night owls, you know, and 
And, and 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 she makes the comment, "Oh, you're one of those." Yeah, you're one of those weird guys. That's yeah, like the, the weird old sect. War, yeah. Um, they go and raid an imperials, an imperial ship. She's not real upfront about what the reasons are. No, um, she eventually makes a point of saying, "Like, join us. We're trying to take back over Mandalore." And again, for our Mandalorian here, is like, no, Mandalore is like a cursed place. You don't go you there. Go back there. You don't yeah. want to go back there. It's just, it's nothing but like. It's bad. You know why would you want to do something thing is, bad? Her her thing is the restoration of the of, of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. race, all living together in one place rather than being spread out. Yeah, again, the restoration of her people essentially. Because yeah. again, keep in mind she is technically the leader of the Mandalorian race of right. Mandalore at this point. Yeah, in theory. Um, keep in mind, like she during the Great Purge, that's kind of happened between. The end of the rebel that happened kind of between rebels and when we get to this point here has happened. Because um, another character that we hear learn here, Mr. Moth Gideon, has a certain weapon. We have met Moth Gideon before. Yes, we have met he him. He was in. He was in season one. He was in season one, seven and eight, in episode seven and eight. And in an earlier episode two, wasn't he? Potentially, yes. Yeah. I don't recall that earlier episode offhand. Yeah. Um, but he's got a certain weapon with him as well that's very key to the Mandalorian lore. Yeah. He's got the dark saber. Yeah, so so which is which is interesting cuz it's 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 a MacGuffin thing. Yeah. It's very much a MacGuffin thing. Yeah. Um so episode 3 pretty much ends with um him not really getting any closer to where he needs to get to at the end of the day. He's just getting frustrated. You know, so he decides because because the, the these the night owls don't know where the where the Jedi are either. No. Um. And so then at this point here, he decides, you know what? Um, I need to go. Uh, take a visit back to, not home, I guess, but like where it all started. Back to Navarro. Yep. So he gets back to Navarro, in his busted down ship. Needs repairs. It very much needs repairs. Yeah. Um, so he gets back there. So this is, again, now we're into episode four at this point. He gets repairs. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that happens between here episode four. Cause again, once he gets, because again, like he's busted down ship, he's got to get back home. Well, and, and, and he he leaves the child in the school. The, t- the town has been totally cleaned up. So he, when he gets back yes. to Navarro... It's a real surprise. Yeah. Guess who the sheriff is? The marshal. Cara Dune. Oh my God. And and uh, Gideon uh, or uh, Greaves. Yes, Greaves. Is now the administrator. Yep. He's kind of like the the mayor of the city. Yeah. And he's actually enjoying it for the most part. Yeah. And he, and he seems to be good at it. And they've got a real school going, and you get to see the kid go to school. Mm-hmm. He steals and the kids' steals, macaroons. Yeah. He steals these. Uh, Blue macaroons that this kid is eating in class. He asked for one first, and the kid mm-hmm. says no. Don't mess with the kid. Don't mess with the fifty-year-old with the force. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they don't know. I mean, because they're all whispering behind him. He's the new kid in school, and he looks different from everybody. He looks yeah. different. Yeah, he look, and, and he looks much younger. He doesn't mm-hmm. look his age, you know. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Very good looking for fifty. Yeah. Uh, it's got the reverse Benjamin Button system going. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so, um, and essentially what they're looking for here is, um, 
they're going to help fix up his ship and they're looking for some additional information and I think they're going to find it at this abandoned Imperial facility that's nearby. Yeah. And once they get to this abandoned facility, they kind of realized it's not abandoned. It's not abandoned. There's still quite a bit of people, people here. here. Yeah. And now you, and again, when you see these people here, you're kind of like, why were those other stormtroopers in shitty armor? These guys have nice, clean, polished armor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all looking pretty neat. Again, more individuals from the uh, 501. Yeah. And eventually we get to this car chase is the best example to describe it, really. Um, they've launched a... Uh, they go into the facility here trying to find information here. Um, and try to also just get rid of it, too. Because, again, yeah. like it's Imperials. We don't want them anywhere near us. Um, and so they come to find the original doctor that was... Or they find data logs from the original doctor, doctor. and talking about the the baby here and they're har- and they, they realize they're harvesting the baby's blood so they can clone it is my my inference my inference as well is to potentially clone it because again his, his his outfit seems like the caminos from episode two potentially but it's not well established what they want to do with the baby's blood or anything in that particular either. But the, 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 to me, the image of the doctor has changed a little bit from what it was in, in season one, too. Now he looks a little more almost cartoonish. Yeah. And I can see that. And kind of... Um, Sniveling. Kind of reminded me, actually, of the, the bad guy in Roger Rabbit. The, the Christopher Lloyd character in Roger the Rabbit. The judge. Whew. Actually, fun note for that for that particular character, the judge, which is again um, such an interesting. That's that that movie in and of itself is very interesting for the behind the scenes. Cause, again, I mean, like the amount of work they went into just to make that. Um, Christopher Lloyd never blinks in the entire movie. He's he's also got this non-existent wind that just occasionally furrows his his little cape that he's kind of got for his jacket. It just like occasionally you just see it and he's just like turning around and he's just standing still. It's just this light wind underneath him that's just blowing this around and again never blinking ever. Pretty cool. Um, but so so the this, this, the doctor kind of reminded me a little of, of that. I could see that. Yeah. Kind of. Um, so then we get kind of this cool um, chase sequence where they've 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 gotten this sort of like armored personnel carrier, I guess. Yeah. And. They've sent out speeder bikes, and, you know, Greaves has gotten, like, the back cannon and is shooting down the bikes, um, uh, the speeder bikes. Uh, meanwhile, they decide, you know what, we're going to send uh, TIE Fighters now. Yeah. And they launch TIE Fighters after this thing, and it gets back to town. Um, but again, like, we haven't seen the Mandalorian for a little bit because he's gone off back to the city to try to go get the kid. Yeah. Um, come to find out, he's in the crest. He's in the Razor Crest, and it's all fixed up. Yeah. Like, brand new. new. Yeah. With all of his crap still everywhere inside of it. Um, and they've figured out the next place to go to now. So he comes in, and he saves the crew, the, the people down on the planet, and he knows the next place to go to now. But he needs... No, it's actually after this one that he needs mayhem. 
Oh, no, we got two more episodes before that, actually. Um, So, next we get the episode, we get to episode five here, and we get to meet uh, Ashaka Tano. A real Jedi. A a real Jedi-ish. Yeah. But but what he's tasked with, so he lands on this, he he takes the the new and improved and... You know, nice new sporty crest, you know, all fixed up. Um, He takes it to this place, and when he gets to the city... um, so prior to this, he actually, sees, when he gets to this, okay. So prior, ca- to, this. prior to this, we see a, a Sakatano just annihilating these people in fog, and basically saying like, "You have until tomorrow to leave and give me what, I, give me the information I want. Otherwise, I'm coming back. Otherwise, when I come back, I'm taking everybody out." And so he arrives, like I guess the next day here, and meets. And he's just walking through the city. He sees just subjugation. Everywhere. Point blank. I mean, he's, like, he tries to talk to somebody. He's told he can't talk to them. No, yeah, nobody will want to deal with him either because he's outsider. Doesn't doesn't yeah. want to deal with him. Um, they go meet the local uh, magistrate. I guess their name is magistratus. Yeah, yeah. Um, who says like, yeah, like I'll give you this really cool best car staff I have. I have this. This yeah. or this really cool like pike or lance, whatever you want to call it here. It's big. It's it's nice and tall. I'll give you this pure best car lance here if you go and kill the Jedi. Which he acknowledges it belongs to your people. Yeah, it belongs to your people and I will return it back to you. And he's already like, Well, I kinda just wanted to go meet with the Jedi, but I mean yeah. like eh, I'll come back for this later. But but she she wants the, she wants the Jedi captured and and killed and killed yeah because well, you know the Jedi is basically saying I'm going to come back for you yeah um, and he goes out to go find Ashoka Tano yeah um, and Ashoka Tano basically tries to kill him but again that Beskar armor really does deflect lightsabers yep and eventually this is also where we kind of get the cool name as well that we hear as well. Well, okay, so, but then he introduces her to the child. He mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of says, well, wait, wait, wait. Wait, hold, hold on, I'm here to return this. this. And she's like, that's not mine. Yeah. And, but she knows his name. Yeah. They've actually met before. They have met before, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we learn that the child's name is Grogu. Grogu. Not a pretty name. Doesn't roll off the tongue. No. I bet she's a looker when she gets older. Um, and that the child was one of the few individuals that was saved from the Jedi Temple during its sacking at the end, uh, during the events of Episode 3 here. Yeah. Uh, roughly 28 years ago by this point here, give or take. Yeah, about 28 years ago. And um, as a result here, like, he's been in hiding, um, but because he's been in hiding and hasn't been around other Force users here... He hasn't really been practicing and using the force regularly enough to be good at it. So uh. he's kind of kind of untrained. The other thing she says that I find is really interesting, she she says he has a lot of anger in him. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous if it's un if he's untrained. Yes. So she can't she won't take him on because A, she she recognizes that that Grogu is attached to the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And B she says he has a lot of anger, and and she doesn't. She knows that that can be dangerous. Yeah, and now keep in mind. I mean, like, she knows that's kind of dangerous as well because again, Anakin Skywalker was a child. And now keep him. So, um, part of the story going into Ashoka Tano here is that 
Um, by the end of Clone Wars, um, she leaves the Jedi Order because she was framed for a crime um, that the Jedi immediately said, like, yeah, she's, you know, she's the one who did it here on, on somebody else's say-so. And so even though after she was proven innocent of the crime, she still believed that the Jedi were going in the wrong direction. They were becoming yeah. too militaristic and they were overusing their authority and they were becoming... Um, the rebellion was using them. Yeah, or so much that... Or some, they were picking sides. Yeah, the Republic was... that They were picking sides of the Republic and they were becoming more peacekeepers rather than, um, you know, like this, you know, religious sort of like... Right. Do-gooders at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, she eventually kind of comes back a little bit to help them out. Um, but this happens also on the same day that Order 66 occurs. Um, and nearly dies, and so she believes that all the Jedi are fully gone by this point, um, having only met a few remaining individuals. Yeah. When we pick her, when we see her again, is in Rebels, which occurs between like five years before the events of A New Hope. Uh huh. Um, she's gotten a lot older. Um, she's much better trained in the Force, kind of like how she is now. Yeah. Um, and she's actually kind of helping teach another kind of. Former, or another former Padawan that escaped the, the purge of the Jedi, um, and a new Force-sensitive kid as well named Ez, Ezra Bridger. In During the course of Rebels, she actually... Again, she doesn't realize that Anakin Skywalker has become Darth Vader at all, either. Um, and so they have this massive fight, and again, everyone's like, very few people have, like, don't don't cross Darth Vader. Like, that's, that's a serious... Um, yeah, watch out for the MF. That's a, that's, a, that's a big MF right there. You don't go near him. Um, and, you know, Ashoka can actually kind of stand toe-to-toe with Darth Vader, but then realizes um, during the event here that it is Anakin Skywalker. And the two of them are actually... You know, the one, And she's actually set to die. Or her 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 status at the end of it, at the end of the episode assumes that she died. Oh, okay. And then, so she doesn't appear for another two seasons or two years' time span. She gets saved again by going from this weird world between worlds where, like, has the ability to kind of go throughout time and pull people out of it as necessary. So she comes back to life, seemingly, by going through a time warp. Um, But she disappears at the end of it because she has to be... She should have died, and so she doesn't think that she should even be here anymore. She goes on kind of this religious quest. Okay. So, so, so this is during her religious quest. Uh, well, at this point, uh, by the end of rebellion, at uh, the end of Rebels here, which is basically episode f- episode six here, is when it ends technically. Uh-huh. Um, there's a character again, uh, Ezra Bridger, who is this Jedi in training, who saves the entire crew of the cast of Rebels, and so it's her and the other Mandalorian that's a part of that crew. They're actually going out and trying to find their friend okay so um because he's been missing mal by this point for about 10 plus years he got hyperspace by whales space whales to who knows where okay and they're trying what to find um these weird hyperspace space whales where like they they travel via hyperspace it's weird they only come up in this one episode um and then i've never seen them ever again are they an animal yeah Okay. Like a big, like like a big, like they're the size of a star destroyer. Okay. Big, big, big whales. They just float out in space. They just float out in space and travel via hyperspace, okay. occasionally munching on 
space debris and background stuff to recharge and then travel again through hyperspace to wherever they're, they're going they're to form now. They're form of algae. Yes. Okay. So part of what, part of what also happens here that I found, I wasn't sure how to feel about, um, was she tries to get Grogu to do a couple of things. Mm-hmm. And she can't. He's resistant of her. That's when she she's he's he's very testy. He's angry. Yeah, you give it a try. And you give it a try. And he's able to use the knob that that Grogu the likes. Ball. Yeah, yeah, the little ball that fits on the top of it. yeah. Um, he's able to use that, and and it's like playing fetch. It felt like even his congratulations, like, his great, response to it. He was like, "Great job, kid. Yeah, that's awesome." Like. Kind of the same way you would... A dog. Yeah, unfortunately. I'm just saying. No, no, you're not not wrong, but I mean, like, you'd kind (coughs) of also have that kind of reaction to a, like, a four-year-old that caught a ball for the first time. Like, way to go there, Kevin. Like, good job. That's that's my boy. Way to go. Like, it's like, I don't think it would be unusual, but, like, I see the analogy, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, But no, so Ahsoka doesn't necessarily want to train him at all, um, but points them in kind of the right direction. So she, she tells them where they need to go, mm-hmm. that he needs to decide for himself that there's that there's a, a place where he can go, um, a temple. There's a, there's a temple oh. that they can he go can to, go to. Um, and that he can meditate, and if he meditates hard enough, another Jedi will reach will, out to will him, hear and, find him, him. And, and find him. Yeah. Um, so before that, though, to finish up episode five, Five here. Um, they go through. They go into the town again, uh, and our Mandalorian basically just like wipes the floor with everybody else. Yeah, so um, they go back in. It's like a fortress almost. Yeah, yeah, very much a fortress here. And and um, and he releases. I guess they're 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 holding. Was was the one guy a Jedi? What was he? He was some sort of. So they were just holding people because they broke the law. They broke the whatever rules were in place, and they were just kind of holding them, kind of like you would in a gallows almost, you know. So you can mock them and kind of like you know, this is what will happen to you. And there's these pain walls where, like, if you lean against the wall ever so slightly, you get shocked. Um, with the intention being that obviously, like, you're gonna get shocked because eventually you can't stand still. You gotta move around, or your yeah. body's gonna get tired. You're gonna lean up and you just get shocked the entire time. Yeah. Um, he frees those guys and dispatches the goons and robots that are there in the city. Um, while Ahsoka Tano actually fights with the woman with this Beskar staff and beats her. Yeah. So what's not initially apparent here is why she's in the town and what she's here for. Right. You initially think she's here for, for good. Yeah. Because obviously, like, free these people would be a good thing. Right. What she's actually out there for she's actually looking for information for Grand Admiral Thrawn who is yeah. who um, who in Asako so again uh, there's going to be a TV series called Asako uh, Akano here and she, Rosaria Darson is going to lead the, the title character here and I'm pretty sure this is going to be about trying to find Grand uh, Admiral Thrawn who knows the last known whereabouts of Ezra Bridger at the end of the day so there's a continuity on here okay happening and so i wasn't uh, necessarily picking up on that no no and, and again and you wouldn't unless you were fi- unless, unless i know she was looking for for the for that one older gentleman yeah so uh, grand admiral thrawn well no there was somebody there that she was there was a uh older um 
Asian gentleman. Yes, so that is titled character's name is Governor Wing. Okay. Um, and apparently, again, like she's again at this point here, she's trying to. Uh, my understanding is she's trying to find information on uh, General Thrawn in order to be able to find Ezra Bridger. Is the assumption here whether that's uh-huh. the case or not? I'm not a hundred percent certain. Okay. Um, but that's the case here. Um, so we le- leads us into episode six, mm-hmm. where we get to um, we get to meet some other old friends. We get to meet some old, other old friends. Now the the planet that they land on is a is a planet called Tython. Um, like, like Python, but with the T. Yes, uh, Tython is an important planet in old in the old Republic, um, circa twenty thousand years before the events of A New Hope. Uh-huh. Um, because that's the planet that's supposedly the first planet of the Jedi, the first temple that was ever built for the Jedi was and built there. It's a cool-looking temple. Oh yeah. Oh, well, the so rema- very Stonehenge-ish. The remains of it, yes, but it used to be a. Re- yeah, Stonehenge on a mountain. Yes, very, very Stonehenge-esque. Yeah. Um, and so, um, the Mandalorian takes you know lands the crest there, and he places Grogu on the stone on the temple. Um, that's apparently supposed to communicate um, with other Jedi. Nothing happens for Nothing a while. Nothing happens for quite a while. It, he's just kind of sitting there and he's playing and he's yeah. looking at a butterfly and just hanging out. With just my, hanging out. Hanging out with Uncle Uncle Mando. Yeah. Kind of chilling. Um, and then another ship kind of lands. And if you're familiar with what the ship with the ship in previous films, you'll know whose ship that is technically at the end of the day but there's a ship that lands it's not an inherent which ship it is um and come to find out uh, and so Mandalor- and so the Mando's like okay well we gotta go there's other people here now yeah and now Goguru is actually like channeling the force and he's got a force field around him mm-hmm. you can't like get you, to he can't, he can't get to him can't mm-hmm. pick him up can't can't break the force field he's like no we got to go there the people oh okay i guess i'll defend you all right well you do what you need to do here i'll go down there and try to stop them yeah and um eventually what you find is this older gentleman that looks an awful lot like Django fett yeah and this is actually boba fett who he wants been, his armor back. He's been following the Mandalorian. He's like, I'd like to have my armor back now, please. I've been following you. He looks kind of like a like a like a sand person almost. Yeah. Um, he's got like very similar robes. He's got one of their staffs. Um, and he's basically just like, I would like my armor back now. No, it belongs to the Mandalorians. No, that armor belongs to my father, yeah. and thus it belongs to me. Me. You know, and I can show you the lineage on it. You know, because he's actually being like fairly diplomatic about, about it, yeah. you know, like not being aggressive about it. Um, there's another individual that's there as well that you might have seen beforehand as well. Uh, Fennec Schnad. And, and and it's such an interesting name. Um, not not sure, sure, you know, because it's almost kind of Irish, but not really. So this is uh, Ming Na Wen, who was, a, right. who was a guest star on one of the episodes in the previous season, right. presumably left dead. And yep. she's been uh, saved through the help of some cybernetics by Bubba Fett. Um, and now she's acting as his bodyguard, associate, I guess. The relationship's not confirmed, but 
so much as that you know the feeling that like they're they're partnered together. They're partnered it together. Doesn't and seem she, to be romantic. And she's working for him, not she, she's not in working his, together. Well, well, but they do explain that because because she says she's in his service because she owes him for something. Well, okay, for so saving his life, for saving her, her life. Yeah. yeah. So she's in his service. Mm-hmm. Um. So while they're arguing over this armor, armor. somebody else arrives. Turns out everybody's been tracking the poor crest. Yes, because they've put a tracker on it. But they've both put a tracker on it. You've got two trackers on it. Mm-hmm. You need to have some sort of device so you can tell whether or not there are trackers on your ship. you got one of those like metal detector trackers. Well, things. you know, they have them for bugs. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah, just seems to me. So it's the Empire. Where yeah. The, the, and that Empire Remnants have found... Um, it's a bunch, the bunch ra- of the the Razor Crest here, and are have basically decided, you know what, we're going to do stormtrooper things. Yeah. Um, and then they meet the Mandalorian and uh, Shinnik Fa- uh, Furnishad, and and they're just like, we may have not brought enough ships. Yeah. We were not enough stormtroopers. Well, she 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 very cleverly uh, gets them to shoot at her mm-hmm. to loosen this huge stone, and then she you know puts all her might behind it and sends this this huge stone rolling down the hill and just takes out like six or seven of them. Oh, yeah. Stormtrooper's going to Stormtrooper. Yeah. They're not called cannon fodder for nothing. Yeah. And and she takes out their cannon, as a matter of fact. Yeah, they're trying to set up like this uh, artillery battery or something. Yeah. Um, so she even takes out that. So Cool chick. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, while this is all happening, um, Boba Fett has disappeared conveniently. Uh-huh. And comes back in his armor. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, like, when you see his armor, his armor has which been... Which means he's gone into the crest. Which means he's gone into the crest, he's picked up his armor, and again, his armor is all, like, scratched beat up, up yeah. beat up looking, like, all the paint's off it at this it's point scraped, here. It's, it's, it looks as if it's been... It, it looks like a car from like nineteen forty, like the nineteen fifties. It looks like it's just limping along. It's like seeing it's like seeing a station wagon. Yeah, it, it, it hasn't gone through a car wash and its yeah. paint's flicked off and like. Because remember, this is the armor that the sheriff back back in the Dragon mm-hmm. Town um, had found and was wearing. Well, found in a sarlacc from a sarlacc pit, which means that it got eaten for a while. Wow. And yeah. it stayed in relatively good condition here too. Yeah. Um. Well, because even Sarlacc uh, body juices can't... Uh... Can't touch Beskar. Yeah. Beskar is a good thing to have yeah. if you got it. Yeah. Um, so they eventually... Um, so at this point here, like, the Imperials are kind of like, you know what? They we... have called the, the the cavalry, as it were. They've called the cavalry, and they're trying to leave. Um, and Boba Fett's like, no, 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 I got this. Pulls down this little tat, uh, what looks like a little radio antenna on his top of his head. It's actually a targeting antenna. Yeah. Pulls it down, goes over his eye, and he shoots the rocket out of his back, and just you know obliterates one ship so that it blows up, and then it, it blows up, and it it blows up onto the other one. Yeah. Because there are two ships. The two ships. To which to which somebody says, "Fennec was Fennec nice shooting," mm-hmm. and he says, "Well, I was aiming for the other one." <laughs> yeah. Again, nice little serious moment here. Then yeah. the cavalry shows up. Little, 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 uh, yeah, the cavalry shows up. And it, what it, is the cavalry? The cavalry Ooh. are the, the cavalry are these like mechanized super troopers. I guess I don't remember the exact. They thing. are they they are the the dark the dark troopers. Yes, the dark troopers. They're these entirely mechanical robots. 
that don't give a, don't give a flying f. Oh my god! Yeah, no, they're 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 pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. They make the the hunter bots that we meet in season one look like nothing. Oh yeah. Because because I was pretty impressed with the with the hunter bots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and these things are just like nope, new level. They are dark. They are black. They are red eyes. They get like personification of evil robots. I mean, like yeah. these could be Terminators with a if they were just in a in a slightly different finish. Yeah. Chrome finish instead of a glossy black finish. Yeah. Um, so Grogu at this point here has kind of stopped channeling the force and like passed out. So they've just kind of like fly in via jetpacks and kind of just yoink and fly up. And then at the same time though, um, then a, a starter drawer above them just kind of like and just blows up the Razor Crest. Yeah. The we- Razor Crest is gone. Oh my goodness, it's splattered into different pieces. Um, only kind of remaining thing that the Mandalorian can kind of get out of it was the Beskar rod staff thing. The staff survives. Yes. Well, again, That's Beskar. That's the only thing, yeah. And but, but, they, but, but the starship has the baby. Mm-hmm. The Death Star, that, that starship okay. has the baby, and it zooms off to nowhere. Um yeah. He also finds this little little ball that he liked the Grogu liked to play with too. Yeah. Uh, the other the one thing that is missing from this though, he loses his uh, sniper rifle. Because he doesn't have a sniper rifle because he left it on the ship. So his cool gun is gone. The little pointy guy. With it had like it was cool because again like it disintegrated yeah. people but also shocked people. Yeah. So um, that because again he doesn't have it in later episodes unfortunately so now he's bumming it along with Boba Fett. Who, um, you know, who, who who kindly takes takes him on? I mean, he doesn't have to. No, and he's kind of like, yeah, you can, I can hang with you. You, you're you're a cool but cat. Every well, everybody understands that the baby is special. That's the one thing that comes across mm-hmm. in all of this is that everybody understands and is is actually kind of willing to be part of his quest because the one general acknowledgement is that that baby is, is special. special. Yes. We don't like the baby is really like the new hope. We know mm-hmm. this. This we need the baby. The baby's a good thing. We must protect the baby. Yeah. So I think everybody. Nobody all puts in. baby in the corner. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So and we, it comes up pretty early in the next one. Mm-hmm, yeah. So we get to episode seven here, and this is probably one of my favorite episodes of this entire thing here. I have some disappointments, and I may surprise you with this. Oh, really? So episode seven is the one with May with May Mayfield in it again. And and I have to say I I really like him. You really like and, I like and, that I and, like Bill Burr I, as well. And and I like them together mm-hmm. because there's they're such opposites, but there is a bond there. Yeah, there, it, and there especially is a mutual at the ver- respect. And at the very at the very end of the episode, there's definitely a mutual respect in that. Yeah, so so some some surprising things here. Mm-hmm. They end up having to go. So so he gets Cara Dune to, to spring Mayhew. So yeah, so Mayhew because he needs someone mm-hmm. who has imperial codes. Well, not so much that he has imperial codes, so much as that he knows he has information on imperial. And he was a former imperial agent. He was a, a former imperial sniper, right? And he would know how to find. Um, Moff Gideon here at the end of the day because he apparently was working for Moff Gideon. Now, the way it's described here is that um, on whatever ship that they're on, 
you know, like he doesn't know where its physical location is at any given time, obviously, because it travels. Right. But he knows how to find it, and the only way to find it is get to an Imperial terminal to look it up. Right. Um, and so what originally is just a talk, they decide, okay, well, you're going to come with us. Now, mind you, he's on like a, on like a, he's peanut, in a prison. He's like a prison camp, like mining and like taking well, apart work, something. He's working in a junkyard salvaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the security robot, the security droid there is basically like, prisoner XXY, you have to come with me now. It's like, what? What is it? Uh, you know, if you don't come with me now, I'm going to shock you. So I'm going to point out something that, that, that maybe guys don't notice, but I certainly do. Okay. And that's that you have a number of very attractive women, well-built, attractive women. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely no hint of sexism in really anything. You um, you have Mayhew, who's, who's depicted as being a very sort of rough around the edges. Um, uh, I say things come out of my mouth without editing yeah. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he's and here's Cara Dune in front of him, and he's and she's going to take him with her, and there's not a single sexual innuendo. Wow, I would I I didn't think about that at all. And now that you mention it, you know, and again, there's not a single I'll go with you anywhere. Yeah. There's not or a that's like, yeah, there's, not a whistle, not a cat call, and, and, she, and she's a beautiful woman. Oh, very much. And again, the, the the TV series like probably doesn't do her justice in some cases. It's a rough rap a little bit. Again, she's a very pretty woman. Well, and she's wearing all that armor, and you yeah. never see her in anything other than the armor. But um, but the armor very you know. It, it, sh- it shows her her figure, but still, I mean, mm-hmm. the same the same is true of of, uh, of Ming Na. Yeah, she's a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. but here very glam down. Yeah. still beautiful, still very beautiful. Yeah, and again, yeah. not a hint of like wowzers. Yeah, there's no. So I mean, I really appreciate this. I noticed it in season one. I noticed it more so in season two, um, because I think I probably already sort of made mental note of, wow, that's interesting. Um, things that we would consider quite normal to include, if you were depicting this in our day and age, you'd get some sort of comment like that. Yeah. But in this particular series, really, sexism is kind of neutralized. Very neutralized. And, and you don't get, you have this, this rough, guy who's in prison and and in a salvage yard with a bunch of droids and he's confronted with a, a beautiful woman who wants to take him with her and there's not a single sexual innuendo and I appreciate that I'm sure it's not something that most men would notice but I think women would yeah again and until you mentioned it I hadn't thought about it and again like again you did bring this up last week as well where it's like women are very much just women they're not they're, they're not females they're not gendered identity everyone's on a very equal playing field at the end of the day and the only difference is just the only real Bo-Katan. major difference yeah and again and the, the only real major difference is being like oh you're a girl ooh big deal it it's to, it's totally equalizing yeah yeah and, and there I is I appreciate that yeah and and I think this is the version of the future that very much George Lucas had in mind. I think even the current producers really do have in mind. Um, 
I believe her name is Kathleen Kennedy. She's the per- current like head of LucasArts. Um, so she was the one. She was a big champion of other films and stuff like that beforehand. And so again, I mean, a woman kind of leading it here does not surprise me in that that this might be what's happening in the series. But even if that's the case here, I don't care who's directing it or who's pointing that compass at me today. I think it's a good direction to go to at the end of the day. And I don't care. It's just a nice depiction of the future. It sets Absolutely. an expectation. Yeah. And and I appreciate that. And it, so and I just it, thought I'd point it out. Oh, yeah. And again, it's a very nice level, even playing field for everybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Women, women in, in roles of, of authority aren't aren't the least bit... Common. Well, they're, they're not uncommon. True. Absolutely. And women being able to be cruel as well, because you see that in the previous episode. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, women on both sides of it. Oh, very much so. Um... So we get to a point here where they're basically like, okay, well, we're going to infiltrate this, you know, imperial facility that would have access to wherever Moff Gideon is. Right. Um, and we need to find the closest terminal. Yes. So in order to get into the, into the thing here, they're at this, what is like a mining planet and they basically knock out some abandoned, but it's not. Oh no! No no! It's, this one's very active. Oh, this one's very active. Yeah, this okay. one. This one. They're all. This one. They very well the admit one. that okay. it's very active, with imperial. With and imperial what they're stuff. mining is very volatile. Yes, to the point where, like, if it gets too hot, like you travel it, too fast. You know, travel too fast. You get too bumpy. Up. It'll blow up essentially. It's um, not stable. And then that this particular um, location here, like they've had a, they've lost a lot of trucks to stuff like this here. Well, they've got pirates. Oh yes, there's pirates coming after them and. Um, to the and, point, and very piratey. So, but what happens even before that here is that they basically figure out, like, okay, we're going to go take over. The best way for us to get in there is to sneak in to look like stormtroopers or this planet's variation on stormtroopers. Because yeah, these are all like green armor that don't look like stormtrooper armor. Well, I, yeah, they look a little bit different. Even the masks are shaped a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. These are like truck drivers, troopers. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. Yeah, well, these are transport troopers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in order to do that here, like, it's basically the notion of, like, the Mandalorian has got to change out of his own armor into somebody else's armor. And this is where you get this great... I mean, they, they knock off two guys. Yeah, they knock off two guys. And, and take over their, 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 their load. Truck. Their truck. And he changes in a corner. Mm-hmm. A little Superman-ish. So nobody uh, can see his face. So nobody can see him. Um, uh, so nobody can see him. He's still in a helmet. Mm-hmm. And nobody's seen him. And uh, and and he and Mayhew have a very interesting attempt at a conversation. I love Mayhew's this conversation. Trying, Mayhew's trying so hard to just and antagonize him, just to like not just... to antagonize him. I've actually found the int- the conversation very interesting because basically Mayhew's whole argument is I'm not taking sides. Both sides are bad. Yeah. No one asked me if I wanted to live under the under uh, the Republic or the Republic or the Imperials or the Imperials. And really, do you think, as they're driving through this one village, do you think these people care? To them, it's just a different person telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. It's a, actually, I thought... A very, somewhat enlightening. It's very, yeah, very politically charged sort of commentary without calling out to question either side at the end of the day. Yeah, he's it, really... He's it's really, very a Western American production at the end of the day. Yeah, but, but he's very much saying... 
you know, whichever side doesn't really matter to them. They just know that they don't get to live on their land the way they want to. People are poking holes in it and, and exploiting it and exploiting them. Mm-hmm. And um, and to them, I, I don't think it really matters who the exploiter is. It's I really appreciated the conversation. I like it too. And again, I, it's also a bit of poking the bear as well. I mean, well, and he's he definitely does poke, trying. He's he definitely, definitely pokes, trying to. Well, he's trying to get some sort of response out of him, and mm-hmm. and and the Mandalorian remains very, very stoic. Yeah, stoic's the right word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's the way I would go with it, stoic and enigmatic about it. Well, and he talks to him about wearing the helmet all the time too. Mm-hmm. Like it's much more comfortable with the helmet off. Because he took, I don't, I don't say, oh, how you see out of this thing? I, you know, I. It's very hard vision. vision yeah, I don't know why you do this. Um, and and uh, the Mandalorian makes it clear the helmet's not coming off. Helmet doesn't come off. That's the way. It's like, yeah, That's yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, so, um, so eventually, like after this prolonged sort of fight with pirates that are trying to get onto their load, they actually make it to the Imperial uh, stronghold here, and they're cheered like champions. Well, okay, so the pirates are really, they're, they're on the, the standard sort of desert vehicle that, that just sort of hovers, the hovercraft thing. Yep. They're standing on it, riding it like it's like an oversized skateboard that six people can fit on. Like a, like a small boat skiff or something. And they're, yeah, and they're hopping on to the, the transport. Trying to blow it up. Trying to blow it up. And, and, and for what end? Because it didn't really look like they were trying to steal anything. It looked like they were just... Blowing it up to marauders. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the way it's played is very much like um, the old old western scenes that you'd see on top of a train. Oh yeah, very much. It, again, like the, like you'd gallop your horse alongside and then hop onto the train and get on top and battle with whoever else was, was on, on top, the top of the, of the train. train. Yeah, it's very much a western. Th- yeah, so it's very much that scene. Very well done. I I was impressed with it. A lot of fun in it too. Yeah. Trying yeah. to like hold on and shoot stuff and like no, it's out of. It's like keep it steady. It's like or you know like stop bumping around up there. Yeah, it, or go faster. Well, if I go faster, it's gonna blow up. Mm-hmm. You know, so so there's a lot of a very sort of campy tension kind of going back and forth. Board, throughout yeah, it. yeah. You know, again and again, a well lot done. of fun. Well done. Yeah. So then they get to the imperial stronghold, and the idea here is basically that. Um, they're going to get the information, they're going to get to the roof, um, and then they're going to get out. Yep. You know, are they going to, the... Uh, so, so they're going to, they're going to get Mayhew to a terminal. There's probably a terminal in the officer's mess. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be Mayhew because it, it, it requires face recognition. Yes. It requires a facial scan in order to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Now, what isn't, ex- anyway... Yeah. So what was so again? They come into what isn't explained here, which doesn't make sense to me at all. Is if it's doing face scanning, then it would recognize that Mayhew was no longer an Imperial trooper. Potentially, yeah. Again, I mean, I'm not. It doesn't do that. Well, I mean, like you again. Keep in mind that these might be old records of this particular time. And again, I mean, like. Okay. I'm buying that, but okay. I, I, I don't know. There's an HR that's really present that there was before okay that's going to be my logic here I've, because I've, because we're between we're between official empires yeah okay. we're, we're, we're between um governments here and you know like if this person actually is you know is existing here like god forbid you know and again keep in mind like old codes get um 
you know, even even the one for and when we go back to like Return of the Jedi as an example, the code that they used to get past the shields to get onto Endor, they were very much like, it's an older code, but it matches. But it matches. Well, okay, so so they come into this thing and, and there are like five transports out there and we've seen three blow up. Mm-hmm. So when these guys come in, they're cheered, they're cheered, they're cheered. Oh yeah, they're heroes. Like they're heroes. People people are saluting them as they drive in, um, and it's a big thing. So they so Mayhew needs to make his way to this officer mess, so he can get onto the terminal. And who is there? It's a guy that he served ma- under. He served under, um, and he wants to get those boys a drink. Well, it's a guy. Well, okay. There are a couple things that happened before that, though. Okay. Okay. So it's a guy that he served under, and so he doesn't feel like he can go in there and use the terminal because this guy, he's afraid might this guy make him out. might might recognize him. So eventually, the Mandalorian says, "Okay, I'll go," and he says, "You can't go because it does face recognition software." Yeah. He says, "No, I'll go." So he goes, and um, he gets in front of the terminal. And he puts the little wand in, and the terminal again won't recognize him because he's got a helmet on. So he takes his helmet off, and it's the first time we see him. Oh, okay, so the Mandalorian does. The Mandalorian does. Yes, the Mandalorian himself takes off his helmet willingly. Now, again, like, we saw him without his helmet on in season one, but this is like the first time he's actually... When did we see him with his, without his helmet on in season one? When the robot tries to heal him. Oh, that's true. When, IG, when IG-11 takes off, yeah, takes it right. off, and he's like, no human being, no living person has ever seen my See face. Like, well, and I'm, I'm not, not living. living. That's right. All right. right. Okay. Um, so, yeah, but again, he takes off his mask. Now, you, you even saw a little bit of a hint of his face um, earlier in the season, because he, he gives a little bit of something to Grogu, and then he kind of lifts up his mask a little bit and kind of chews at so, it as well, yeah. you know, to put it in his mouth. But again, like, that's as most as you've ever seen him really, like, eat or eat at all either. So, yeah. Um, but the fact that he takes off his helmet here at the end of the day is like... And you see the full is, thing, is full a, face. Is a, and again, is a big deal for him because, again, like, he's been... Because ever since, like, it episode three, you know, like, he's been having, you know... It, it feels like he's been having conflicting doubts about the Mandalorian way at the end of the day here. Well, and you really see that when he's with Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he's and very... She, 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 you're Mandalorians, but you're you're not wearing your mask. And he's sincerely surprised by that. And he's actually offended by that as well. Yeah. You know, he's not only he's, he's got very sincere beliefs, he's like more like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's whoa, not what the are, way. What are you doing here? What, you put your mask back on. You're not supposed to take your mask off. What the hell are yeah. you doing? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So, so I mean, and, and when she explains, no, that's the, you know, we we know we are aware. So you're part of that old sect. Yeah. You're, you're part of those old, old, old fogey kind yeah. of style. Yeah. Um, but when we get to here, like he's taking off his mask, I think he kind of like, Oh, like I, I imagine the wheels in his head are like, I can't take off my helmet, but you know, like I got to do this for the kid, and so he does it for the kid. I think at the end of the day, he, yeah, you get the sense he's so desperate to to, to find the child, mm-hmm. um, and, and and now it's not just because it's a quest; it's because he's truly attached to oh yeah the child. So um, so he does that, and he's able to um, get the information he wants. But as he's pulling the the thing out. There's an officer talking to him, and he's not responding. Yeah. So Mayhew rushes in, and this is the, the exact same officer that Mayhew was afraid would recognize him. Yes. So, so Mayhew rushing in gives him like some sort of like unit number or something that would yeah this is, make sense. And, and he got he gotten hit by he been near a blaster, and now he can't hear well. Yeah, he's having trouble hearing right now. Like he he got 
you know, on our way here, like we got a, like an explosion that happened here. I was like, yeah, I can't. Oh, hear. you're the transport that just came in. Let me buy you a I drink. I gotta buy you. I gotta buy you heroes a drink. Yeah. You know, and so they, you know, they're having this very kind of tense back and forth during this conversation here. Well, Mayhew, Mayhew can't because he does speak without editing. Oh yeah, no, he just he just and going. he has one of those conversations. And he says, I know who you are. I served under you at, at this... At this particular point. Point. And lots of people, you know, that was a, a rough day. And and uh, the entire platoon, almost the entire platoon died. Mm-hmm. But they also killed, like, all these but other they were, people. But they were heroes. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, you know, and he goes into, do you think they would have chosen to be heroes when they have been, been better alive? And he goes after this officer over the decisions he's made that's cost lives mm-hmm. and all the people he knew who died and the villagers, the innocent villagers who died as well. And again, it's a commentary on war. It's an interesting conversation to have, mm-hmm. but of course, at some point the officer, you know, starts of, putting the wheel, starts putting the pieces together, together and, and he, sh- and Mayhew shoots him under the table. Oh no! He pulled. I thought he pulled the right pulled in front right of him. So, so it's very much a Western thing in a bar. Oh yeah, it's very much a Western thing in a bar, and he shoots him, and now they've got to hightail it out of there. No, because mind you, there's not just the one. It's not. It's just like a small like it's, break. It's like a medium sized break, break room, room sort of thing. And, and there are other there are there other, other people in, in here the, in there, so they're not alone. Other officers and and transport troopers i guess is the best way to describe them so suddenly they're shooting their way out of there Mm -hmm. and out of the hangar altogether now mind you the mandalorian's got his helmet back on at this point once the shooting starts because he's left it on in the interim but he's yeah but he's had the conversation with this officer with the helmet off yeah yeah which is which was for him was like gotta put the helmet back on it's gotta feel so abnormal i felt sorry for him the wind in my hair weird yeah yeah so by the way, one of the, one of the questions I've had this entire time is, how does he see a barber? Yeah, because he's not like shaved; his head's not shaved, and he's maybe just got a little bit of stubble. So, like, clearly he's shaven or like got a razor or something. Well, but that he could do himself. But what about the haircut? The hair is close cropped, but it's not shaved. I'm- I'm just saying, it, it, I, it occurs I, to me that that's an issue. I, I don't disagree, and I'm trying to think of a logical rationale for it, but you're, don't not, have wrong. To. Don't have you're to. not wrong. You're not wrong. Don't have to. Um, so they get they get rescued because there was a plan all the way along mm-hmm. in which um, in which the girls would would shoot, and would, I shoot the girls. That's so that's so rude of me after ma- making the comment no, no, that no, it wasn't that's... sexist. Kara <laughs> um, uh, and Fennec mm-hmm. are going to to sniper. Anybody that comes after so, them on the roof while uh, Bubble Fett, you know, drives in and, and basically picks them up off the and roof. And they have the to leap off the roof onto the uh, landing platform, the platform from the from the ship, and mm-hmm. off they go to find Episode 8! Yay! Oh, actually, before then, they, um, after the events here, like, he actually, like, Mayfield actually, like, grabs a rifle and, like, shoots something that blows up the entire complex. Yeah. Um... And at the end of it here, they're basically like, you know what? I'm pretty sure Mayfield died at some point here. That's true. Yeah, okay, so he's dead. so Car, Car, Cara Dune and and the Mandalorian are standing there with May, uh, Mayfield, with Mayfield, and like, and um, and 
they, they, uh, he said, so now go, so Mayfield says, now go take me back. He's going to be honorable. Now go take me back. Mm-hmm. And she says, I, I, I think he died here. I think he died in the explosion. Oh, yeah, definitely died in the explosion. explosion yeah. And he's like, so I can go. He, it isn't like he takes off and says, oh, I'm going. Uh, he's he's just, very much like, well, he's no, very hesitant. You, so, it's so, like, are you toying with me, me? or yeah. like, what, what? What's 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 going on here? Like, so I hope I hope we get I really hope we get to see him again. I think he'd be kind of cool in either in either story year at this point. I think he'd be kind of cool in either another. In, so the next the other two the other three series that are announced besides the Ahsoka Tano one here again and New Republic, which I think he'd be good in that one if he mm-hmm. well you know like former Imperial guy that like a buddy cop with like a you know a Republic person and an Imperial person kind of have to work together to help the New Republic be kind of a cool thing um he could appear again in uh book of boba fett which is going to be a boba fett series now which was kind of already kind of talked about before the actual mandalorian i just want, almost kind of want to see like a lethal weapon series with the mandalorian and and mayhew potentially a season three maybe um but not to episode eight well but we, we forgot one more thing okay one it's more. very touching between the two of them and it's mm-hmm. a conversation that takes place um, right after he shoots the guy and he, he turns to, to the Mandalorian and says, I had to. Yeah. And um, and then he says, I never saw you. I don't know. Mask who... never came off. Yeah. And makes a point of getting a mask and putting it back on him too. Yeah. You know? And again, like there's a, there's a mutual respect there at the end of the day. He that... makes a point of telling the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I never saw your face. Mask never came off. Yeah. Like this is between me and you. Yeah, I saw and, nothing. And 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 I and I really thought that was a nice touching moment. Yeah. From again, from a character that when we last saw him was very much sort of like a this out roguish outlaw that was very much kind of like f you, I do it my own way. Ha ha ha. He's unedited. still that way. Yeah, he's, he's still, still that, that way. way. Yeah. And he is very unedited. But like clearly, he's got a moral compass, and at yeah. least he's like. Oh, he's very moral. I mean, he's. In, in in both of the conversations that that I really appreciated, mm-hmm. the one between him and the officer, and the one one when they were going through the village, and, and he's making the point about about war, war and, 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 and you and, know like people here don't give two shits which side you're on. You're here, and they don't want you here. Here, yeah. So you and, said and you they did, don't have a say in it. So you said you had different opinions on this episode. Okay, I I actually would have thought. I, I wish they wouldn't have had him take his helmet off because I thought it devalued a scene that's coming up in the next episode. Okay. I would I, I, I thought that the scene that's coming up in the next episode would have been more... Um, Fitting? Or more, more... More sentimental, more meaningful. Okay. If he had already willingly taken his helmet off. Okay. So that was... But then I, but then again, as I said, I appreciated the idea that Mayhew says, says, well, you know, it didn't happen. Yeah. So, so I guess I, I view both ways. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. So then we get to episode eight and, you know, keep in mind when we get to episode eight here, like, and even before this, the you know, Boba Fett's actually cleaned up his armor. So it's got a nice new shiny paint job on it. Yeah. It's it looking better. Back to its green and red look here, green, yeah. red and yellow look here. Um, and they go to a random bar and they find the night owls and they basically go to the night owl saying, Hey, I need your help. Now keep in mind, like the night owls are making this big deal about like, 
well, we're not helping you because you're a weird Mandalorian, and we're not helping, and we're not going to work with him because he's not a Mandalorian. Right. In which pointing to Boba Fett, and Boba Fett makes a distinct point of saying, "I never said I was a Mandalorian." Yeah. You know, and and by all by all accounts, like, and they know he's a clone of his father. Oh yeah, yeah. They're all they're all. Who was a foundling? Which doesn't that make him a Mandalorian? I had that question. Um, Aren't foundlings Mandalorians? Jango Fett would have been. Uh, Jango Fett would have been. Django but Fett the clone w- isn't. The clone isn't. And they, okay. they think. And again, keep in mind that clones are kind of like a, um, kind of like an important sort of thing. It's like, it's like, um, it's like an X Men being a mutant. Like a clone, ew. We don't want you. It's like a like a, a fake uh, Louis Vuitton bag. There you go. Okay. Although I mean, like, can you really tell the difference? But if you really look hard enough, yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you if you know Louis Vuitton, like you're gonna be like, no, that's a knockoff. And I'm like, I'm over here just like, guy on the street corner said it was real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, we were in Close Japan. Enough. Well, again, we were in Japan. They were selling those like left, right, and center, weren't they? Well, when I was in Taiwan, your brother actually wanted me to buy one for his wife, which oh. I which I did, and and I actually did very carefully inspect it because mm-hmm. you look for the matching patterns on this. There's certain things you look for. Okay. It was a good. It's a good knockoff. Mm-hmm. So episode eight, they, uh, you know, in the um, in Django, in Boba Fett's ship here, they commandeer a. Because uh, remember, he doesn't have his own ship anymore. No, no. The crest is gone. The crest is gone. So um, this crew, this ragtag team, including the Night Owls, all three of them, Boba Fett, Cara Dune, Fennec, and the Mandalorian here, they take over this. Uh, Imperial transport ship. It's the same kind that um, Darth Vader rides around in. Same thing that the um, you uh, recognize this that triangular kind that of triangular shape kind thing, of yeah. ship. Yeah, um, they get to and eventually like this. Also, the ship also happens to have the Doctor on it. Oddly enough, yeah. And the two pilots are basically like they board it. They they board it, and one of the pilots is like you know like. Give it you know, up we, because we, one, one of the pilots has. Yeah. The other guy is basically like, you know, goes and shoots the other pilot. He's like, him, yeah. you give him up. It's like, he's got the doctor by handle here. And he's like, he looks at Cara Dune. He's like, you were for a while, you know. You know, it's like, your people killed, you know, killed all of my friends on the Death Star. Huh. And Cara Dune's like, huh. Which one? Huh. Funny joke. Yeah. The first one. The one that took out Alderaan. And he's just like, Oh yeah, really? Yeah, I was there when we killed all your, we killed your planet. Those rebel scum, up, yeah. we, those rebel scums against the Empire and Cardoon. I think it's the one that takes them out, right? Yeah, yeah. So. She she blasts him with a with a sniper shot in the. Oh yeah, right in the face. Yeah. They get the doctor and they're trying to figure and out. And at what that point, he's holding the doctor hostage mm-hmm. in this standard. I got him around the neck and I'm pointing a gun at his head. Yeah, like you know, like you've seen you, that. Like you've seen that criminal minds, but you know, billions of times. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, in the notion here as well, it's like, well, where are you going to go? We're not leaving. Yeah, we're not leaving. Yeah, so. Um, so they take over the ship here. They got the doctor, and they're trying to ask, you know, like. Still not hundred percent certain what the doctor has or hasn't done with the kid at this point. But they, but he he does tell them this is where you you really learn that that they're they're collecting his blood, mm-hmm. and they're going to try to clone him. Yes, this is that point here where you learn that. Yeah. Um, I don't think they and they don't kill the doctor here, do they? I forget. They, if they do not kill the doctor. They don't kill the doctor here, uh, but they get onto this imperial ship, mm-hmm. and they just and the doctor's kind of helping him. 
Oh yeah. He's telling him where 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 to find things and because he's more care he's more concerned. He does not even concerned about the empire at the end of the day. Here. He, he just wants the he child. He wants to that do said. the science. Yeah, he just wants the science. He, but he he has no f- real affection for the child. He he wants, he just the, wants science. the science. Yeah. Um, it's, so it's it's an interesting yeah juxtaposition. So the big thing that he tells him is that you need to get to the dark troopers before they get powered up. Because if you don't get to the dark troopers before they power up, you know when they power up, there's no stopping them. And 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 where are the dark troopers? This becomes important. Yes, they're in this because this goes back to something that happens in season one. Oh, yes, tell. it does. Oh no, 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 not until we get there. Not until we get there. But but there's something that happens in season one that, that gets reenacted with the dark troopers and this episode okay so they decide to split up so the mandalorian's gonna go deal with the dark troopers while everyone else creates a big enough diversion so that all the stormtroopers are going after them right um while they take over the ship because again the night owls would very much love to have this ship so they have at this point how many people because i think this is how many stormtroopers are there on the ship dozens and dozens and how many people do they have with them six they're outnumbered, like, how many to one? Oh, there's um, seven of them I mean, if you I mean, include the I mean, the stormtroopers are just lousy shots. Oh, super lousy shots. Super, and, 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 and such wimps, because they're getting tossed all over the place. Mm-hmm. Just, just nailed left, right, and center. Yeah. And now, so Boba Fett's attacked the ship here, and he's, you know, um, with, his own, with his own ship here, and he's been attacking, and he, like, jets off as, like, this other ship kind of, like, he was, like, trying to shoot down the Imperial ship, and he just kind of, like, darts off. The Imperial ship gets in there, and they're like, oh, you saved us. Thank goodness. Do, 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 do. Yeah. And so, they, again, they split up. So it's Cara Dune, Fennec, um, the three Night Owls, and then the Mandalorian is on his own. He goes to... Um, he finds the place where they're, where they're at, but at this point here, they're already getting started up. They're being activated. And, and he actually, actually, to do what eventually happens, he does need them activated, but he needs them stuck in that room. Yes. So um, he's trying to seal the door here and open up the vacuum to space to let them out. So they go into space and they can't fully activate. They're just stuck in a... But one of, okay, okay, and where where does that happen with stormtroopers in season one? They're on the ship and they get the stormtroopers. They trick the stormtroopers into closing all the doors except for... I apologize. The freight door, and he releases all the stormtroopers off the back of the ship. Oh. Remember that? Yes, now I remember that. I assume that's where the idea came from. Possibly, That's yeah. That's in, that's... Because they, they board and they... And and the, the are you talking about episode three with another night owls? Because that's when they do that, don't they? Because I don't remember them on a ship with stormtroopers in, in season one at all. No, this isn't this isn't season one. And they and they and they they release they release all the stormtroopers. I'm pretty sure it's season one. Maybe it's season two. I'll have to go back and look. They literally release the, because the guy who's in the in the cockpit. Uh, is talking to them and he says, "Well, you know, where are they? Well, um, we've closed all the doors." Season two, episode three. Oh, is that when that is? Yeah, because this is when the night owls are with the Mandalorian and they're breaking into the ship. Okay, 
And they release all they they jettison all the stormtroopers. Yep. Cause okay. At, at one point. Then yeah. I'm mistaken. It's not season one, but but they reenact something that. Yeah, they reenact that there. Although, um, one of the dark troopers um, gets through the door. Gets through the door. So he gets through the door, and he's just pounding away at he's the Mandalore. He's pretty amazing. Um, but the, the, the best guy will take anything. Oh, that helmet's doing doing fine work. It's doing, oh, he's pissing that pissing the the poor dark trooper off. Oh yeah, he's trying to shoot at him. He's trying to get the Beskar lance through him at certain points. Like, well, but 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 the, but he just the the dark trooper just keeps pounding on the helmet and nothing's happening. Mm-mm. And he's getting really frustrated that nothing's happening. Absolutely, you know. And again, like he's just like punch helmet, you can punch see, helmet. It's see the robot getting frustrated, and it's literally going through the wall behind him. Like every single yeah. time he punches him, the the helmet stays perfectly intact, but it's going further and further into the wall behind and them. Him. Yeah, and you're just like. Whoa. Um, yeah. And so eventually, like, after some work, the Mandalorian gets rid of this dark trooper. He stabs him straight, straight through, through the, with, the head with the with Beskar. Beskar. Um, so that Beskar doing its work, um, but not before. Now, keep in mind, in in the earlier portion of the episode here, um, or even episode six here, Moff Gideon has actually got Grogu in, like, a prison cell. He's gone with handcuffs. Trying to get the blood out of him. And he actually pulls out the Darksaber at one point. He actually leaves some stormtroopers with him and, and uses that. And, they, and and Grogu is so angry that he's like beating up the stormtroopers without even touching them. Mm-hmm. He's just manipulating them around the room and tossing them in like their little rag dolls. Oh, yeah. And he's exhausted himself. And that's when they, they're able to put the handcuffs on him. Yeah. They're able to like hit him with something that puts him to sleep. Mm-hmm. He says, he, "Because because Gideon says, aren't you tired?" Yeah, and they hit him with like a little stun ray or something. And and they put him to sleep, and then they put the handcuffs on him. And then Muff Gideon's kind of teasing at him with the dark saber, essentially. Yeah. He's like, "Have you seen one of these before? Shiny, isn't it?" Yeah. Um, but then Muff Gideon, who is there on the ship as well, he's kind of got like an armor sort of thing going on with him and, now. And Bo-Katan says he is mine. Oh, Do yeah. whatever you want with anybody else, but he is mine. Yes. So she makes a big point about saying like, you can't, you know, don't deal with him. He is mine. Don't you dare touch don't him. Don't touch him. He's mine. Don't, nobody else goes after him. He's mm-hmm. mine. But the Mandalorian, unfortunately, gets to him first. And um, and with, brings him and brings him to the... Brings him the heel with his Beskar Lance. Yeah. You know, and again, knocks the Darksaber out of his hands and basically, you know, captures him. And he has the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. Now, now the Mandalorian has the Darksaber. And so, um, now the Night Owls, Cara Dune, and Fennec have just been kind of, like, working their way through the ship here. Like, again, like, Cara Dune's got this, like, heavy repeater sort of blaster that she's just, like, mowing stormtroopers down with. You know, it's... It's hilarious and funny just watching them go through this thing. Yeah, they get yeah. to the bridge. They've now taken over the ship here. And um, the Mandalorian comes in and he's got, um, you know, he's got Moff Gideon here and tosses him in front of Bo Gantana. He's like, here you go. This is yours. Did you beat him up? Did you beat him before? And it's like, yeah, you got this. This saber thingy. Yeah, this is the weapon you wanted. Yeah. And, he's, and she's just like... Oh, I wish you hadn't done that, you... He was supposed to be mine. He was supposed to be mine. And he's like, okay, we'll have the, you know... Here he is. Here he is. He's like, no, 
the reason I needed him to beat him was to get that, which was the dark saber. But Gideon's actually the one who explains it because he's laughing. He's, gid- he's giddy with kind of like. <laughs> giddy is Gideon is giddy. Yeah. Um. He's he's laughing because he understands that in it, that, and what this reminded me was Harry Potter and wands. Yes. Okay. So. The lightsaber will only answer to the person who defeats the last owner of it. Well, the no, no, person no. who takes it off of him. Yeah, but the notion there being it's not even so much the lightsaber does that at all. It's just that if even if like it never left that room here, like Bo-Katan would feel, would know the fact that she didn't win the saber, and so she's not. So she would. Well, so, whoever owns the lightsaber is the ruler of Mandalore, and you can only beat that person. You can only gain the control of that of the dark saber through actual combat. And so Bo-Katan knows this, and she is the previous owner of, of the Darksaber and knows... The Mandalorian can't give it to her nope. and have it mean anything. Absolutely. So now they're in like this, you know... Imme- ha- they would have to do battle. Yeah, they would have to do fight one another here and potentially lose life. And Mandalorian's like, I don't give two shits. Just have it. I don't Just want it. Just take it. I don't want it. It's, it's, that, it's, that's it's not, not, that's it's not, not my... It's not, it's not my king. I'm not, not even... Not my quest. You know, like, my quest is, you know, was to save the child. And we saved the child, so yay. Yeah. Um, but Moff Gideon's still kind of laughing here as well. Because all those dark troopers they thought they uh, they got rid of... Are now flying back. They're jetpacks. They're now with the ship they're, again. So they're, Yeah, so they're flying back through the, the, the uh, trade hole that they... What do you call the, that? The portholes and port in the, in the that, loading dock doors and stuff. Yeah, like they're just they're, they're just flying back in, and they're just like all over the place, like rats. Like they're just like they're everywhere now, and they're now. Meanwhile, like they're all like programmed, and like Moff Gideon's is like, you guys are so screwed. You guys are never leaving this place ever again. You know, and yeah. um, and like they start. He's, he's menacing in a weird way. It's not an evil menace. It's more like it's a, a joyful menace. I don't know how to describe it. It's like the nerds getting revenge kind of menace. It is. He is taking such glee in the fact that like they're all about to die by these dark troopers that are just going to annihilate them. In theory. In theory. Oh, but in fact, probably true. I mean, like again, the Mandalorian himself had a problem just taking down one of them. One of them, and 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 what has come back is a, is like twenty of them or so, maybe more. Oh no, it's got to be like. 40 or 50 of them, I want to say. At least. There's a lot of them. It's it's pretty amazing. So it's like a small, it's its own battalion. A question for you. Yes. So they created these, obviously, just for the Mandalorian. We don't ever see them. Yes and no. So the Dark Troopers have actually been a recurring menacing bad guy in various other Star Star Wars-esque video games. Um, Most notably in the um, Jedi Knights series, which shows um, uh, a guy named Kyle Katan, I think his name is, who become who was a former Imperial soldier who becomes disillusioned and ends up becoming a Jedi. Um, it's so, so like Finn, kind of like uh, I don't know, he kind of like Finn, yeah, but he actually becomes a Jedi with uh, trained by Luke Skywalker. Yeah, we're we're not sure with Finn. Yeah, we're not sure with Finn yet. I'd like to think so, but I'm not sure. Um, I would love to. Would love to see another black Jedi. I would love to see another black Jedi. Yeah. Especially one with a purple lightsaber that you know curses yeah. a lot. Yeah. You know, Samuel L. Jackson is a great Jedi. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, the video game series does have dark troopers in it, which are um, not quite as skeletal looking as these guys were. They're a little bit more put together, but again, like, you know, super dangerous black stormtroopers, essentially, at the end of the day here, that are super powerful and really hard to tough to kill. So there are they are in other media, mostly notable the, the video game series. It just seems like you have these you have this this perfect fighting creature, mm-hmm. and yet it doesn't appear in a New Hope or in, in future. I, I I want to kind of say that they were built after the fact, um, but again, I mean, keep in mind that even that that originally like the Imperials didn't want to have militaristic droids. Militaristic droids were outlawed. Um, in the formation because, of the because empire, because you could potentially uh, make your own army to rise up against them. Yeah, um, which is why they only allowed stormtroopers here. So it wouldn't be unusual for um, the first order to keep with that doctrine, being that they're super, you know, super imperialistic at the end of the day, potentially. Okay. okay. All right. No, that's a, that's that's enough of an explanation for you. My rational I, logic. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it just bothered me that you would have this perfect fighting. Thing and not thing. utilize it, and then properly. not utilize it. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. Um, Ex- except that now, because the next thing that happens is that you see an X-wing fighter coming. It doesn't even and and again, like you try, it's you like see it. You it see just it. comes in and like they're but trying you to see like, it coming in. You see it coming in, and the the, the people that are on the bridge in. are trying to reach out to it here, like you know, attention, Republic fighter, you know, like you know, are you here to help us? Like that, you know, and it, yeah. nothing happens, and nothing said, and we don't know. Who or what it is. We don't know who or what it is. And who is it? Well, we don't see, know. Well, you see this? We watch it. We watch it. It's a tremendous Jedi. Um, all in like a black cape. And a green it's lightsaber. A green lightsaber. Um, just just mowing, mowing these through. things. Yeah, yeah. Just just just, and just like they're not even like it's not even like it's a like struggle. A, it, this episode is what, forty five minutes? I think this one is forty five minutes, yeah. Okay. And and and, and at least 20 or 25 of it is is fight scenes yeah at least and this last one here is again just like this beautiful shot of just like two three minutes of just this and mostly you're seeing it through camera what, footage through camera footage that would be security cameras security. and occasionally you get like some in-person stuff but it's mostly from security footage, footage which yeah. is again black and white and somewhat grainy yep as you as you would yep because and, because that that uh that hasn't come a long way since, since you know. Again, still big buttons. Yeah. Still, no, big, no, still big buttons. No, no keyboard. Because big buttons big photograph buttons. better, yeah. Yeah, big buttons photograph better. And again, I mean, like, this yeah. is fantasy, sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, well, it's, you know. yeah it's matinee. It's Saturday matinee. Yeah. Um, and so, again, like, there's this hallway that leads to the bridge, and there's got to be, like, what, a dozen of them in there? Yeah. These dark troopers? Yeah. And this Jedi just kind of walks through there as if, like, nothing at all and they're just like this is just a Saturday walk in the park it's just like slightly move out of the way dodge out a little bit sword swipe you know take this one out what force what, throw what this we, thing over here force yeah, what, crush this thing what what, what yeah he, he could lift them up and move them just in cr- and just annihilate them it's it, yeah. it's as if like they weren't even there it's uh, it, 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 it's pretty incredible and then what a mighty Jedi oof. who could that be and then you get, and then when it gets into the room there, they're all just kind of like, what is this thing after? What is this thing even? 
nobody, because again, nobody's nobody's, nobody's ever seen it as Jedi at all. Gideon's just kind of like wide-eyed at this point. He's just like <gasps> dumbfounded. He is. And in walks in a much younger than what he would appear to be looking at this age Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. And he's come for the child. He's come for the child. Um, he has come for the child, and he seems to know the child. Mm-hmm. Because he reached out to him with the Force. Did he? Has he ever met the child before? I wasn't clear on no. that. He has not ever been. He's never met the child before. But again, he reached out to him through the Force. He reached out to him through the Force when he was on the rock. Mm-hmm. On Tython. On Tython. Like like Python with the T. Yes. Um, and and they and and they seem to be communicating. He feels his thoughts, mm-hmm. even though Grogu never does speak in English. And here's my th- Yoda speaks English. Yes, Yoda's also like seven hundred years old. Yeah, but you would think the kid's fifty years old. The kid could have learned a second language. I think if the kid was not talking to begin with, it would be you know like he's still in a bassinet, for all extensive purposes. But he's been trained already. He's been trained. He's been partly trained. He's partially never, trained. He never, he never finished his training. training. He never finished training. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so, um, you know, the Mandalorian says, 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 uh, are okay, you a Jedi? Are, well, no, we know he's a Jedi. No, we don't actually. Again, nobody's seen a Jedi in like, by this point here, like nearly 30 years. None of these people who are. Who he's have, looking pretty good for 50. So again, like at this point here, like Luke Skywalker would have been twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Okay. You have to remember that this is we're like five years after the the movie seven. Yeah, so we're we're in nine BB uh, ABY, which nine years after the Battle of Yavin, and and Luke Skywalker would have been born nineteen BBY, so nineteen years before the Battle of Yavin. Oh. So we would have been like twenty eight, twenty nine years old, give okay, or take. Okay, just so. look that. Okay. Yeah. So, so are you a Jedi? Yes, I'm a Jedi. Mm-hmm. I've come for the child. Child, and and uh, and he places the child on the ground to go to Luke at the end of the day. To go to Luke, and and Grogu doesn't go. No, doesn't want to go. Doesn't want to go, and um, and and Mandalorian, you know, tells him something like, "You don't need to be afraid," and um, and and Luke He's, says, "He wa- he wants your permission." Yeah. He's it's, attached to you. He wants your per, your permission. Mm-hmm. And you see several several people who tell him he's attached to you. Oh, yeah. E- even Gideon says, he's attached to you. I don't care. I got what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I got his blood. I got what I needed. Yep. I, I, I no longer care. Take him. Yeah. Very much, again, very much attached to him here. And and, and that scene is like 10 minutes before this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and at this point here, like... Is it at this point he takes off his helmet? Well, so... so he so, reaches He reaches into his... I think he takes off his helmet, he reaches into his pouch, he's still got the ball. Right. And he gives it to Grogu. He's like, here, it's okay. You, you should go with him. Yeah. You know? Finish and, your training. But he's... And, and, he, and, and he actually has that conversation with his helmet still on. Mm-hmm. And then um, he's holding Grogu and looking at him straight in the eyes with the helmet still on. And Grogu touches the helmet. Mm-hmm. And that's when he takes off the helmet and Grogu touches his face. Yes. 
And I think that scene would have been more meaningful if you hadn't seen his face in the previous episode and he hadn't willingly taken off his helmet in the previous episode. Because up till now, he's never willingly taken off his helmet. True. Yeah, I can see that. So that's my, my comment. Um, but it's it's one of those, those I'm trying not to cry. I didn't cry. Did you cry? Um, sort of scenes. Because uh, Grogu does you touch his face and... Yep. And, and then, then and then goes. So Luke, what Luke Skywalker comes over. You know, Grogu looks over to Luke Skywalker. And he's like, "Okay, let's do this." And Luke Skywalker picks up the kid. R two D two is like bumbles are in behind him. Well, actually, when he's on the ground, R two D two rolls up, mm-hmm. and yeah. and they they sort of communicate weirdly. Yeah, they have this like look with each other. Yeah, mind you, like R two D two's seen one of these things before and doesn't like them. That's true because he saw Yoda. So Yoda, yeah, and Yoda um, didn't play with him not so nicely. Yeah, um, and so so they leave, and the final real shots of it. He didn't really want to go to Dagobah. Remember? No, um, but again, the real final shots here are of Luke Skywalker, Grogu, and R two D two going down an Imperial tomb, presumably back to the X wing. Right. And the last bit of shots here are Pedro Pascal looking really tall in this armor that's kind of like hovering over everybody else basically just like towering over but the them. helmet's still off but the helmet's off but his back's still to everybody so I, i'm not clear who's seen his face true yeah like so again he may have not they may have not seen him here at this point but it leaves it in a very ambiguous point of view at this point because like it feels to me it feels very final because well okay so if, it feels final in the sense that this portion of the story with with Grogu and the child he does is, he is does done. tell tell Grogu I will see you again mm-hmm. I will t- see very, you again in the future yeah he very distinctly tells him I will see you again mm-hmm. and um, so it leaves that open but the quest is over he's delivered Grogu to to Luke Skywalker yeah that portion of the story is absolutely over now if you see him again. Is that see next season, seasons later, assumingly, uh, depending on how many more of this they want to keep making at this point. But it's done such a phenomenal job. It is somewhat curious now at this point. Well, they say there's going to be a season three, but they haven't said what season three is about. They've now said that, that Gina Corona will not be on it. But yeah. And, and it's, in impo- it's in pre-production right now, not post-production, but pre-production. Oh, so it hasn't even been filmed. No, and nothing, nothing in it at this point. Because I heard it was going to come out in December. Um, if it was that we would have probably started filming now so they'd have enough time to get through the CG uh, there are a lot of CG in this stuff mm-hmm. very much so and again it's, that's one of the things here where like potentially they could be starting on it here soon um, but as far as I know right now as as of recording this right now nothing has been um, it's still in pre-production here um, Pedro Pascal himself has signed on to uh, star in a HBO uh, version of The Last of Us, which was a video game uh, series that came out here back in uh, PlayStation 4, early early PlayStation 4, which was a big hit. Um, so he signed on to play um, Joel, which is the parent of... Uh, of I don't know what her... I don't know what his name is now. Um, not Ellen Page. It was like Ian. Oh, pa- okay. Uh, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So I, I forget what her what his name is now, or what he would prefer yeah. to go by, um, or they would prefer to go by. Um, 
I'd be curious if that if that person continued that role there. I kind of doubt it, but like maybe because again, like that was the literally all the mocap and the facial uh, stuff was based off of Ellen Page at the time for that particular character. Okay. Or not not no. Or maybe not Ellen Page, but kind of a similar kind of look, I think. Okay. So Pedro Pascal is signed on to do that. I don't. We don't know when the filming for that will commence or when that will happen. Um, we don't know what the status of this is due to all the kerfluffle here. It could very well be that that uh, that this alters the storyline. That either well, that either this alters the storyline or so much as that like, you know. Maybe they say the Mandalorian has been on the run for a while, or they pick up the story sometime later. We don't know what happens with Gideon Moth. Nope. He's still alive. He's still alive. We don't know what happens with... with Bo-Katan and the Darksaber element here. Again, like there's... Or, or Boba Fett. Or Boba Fett. Well, actually, Boba Fett, we know what does happen. Okay. So the very end of the Mandalorian is him walking into Jabba the Hutt's old palace. Yeah. Now, the original kind of like Vasir kind of like guy with like the tentacles around his neck from his head yeah um the male version of a twi'lek i think is the is what they're called uh, potentially okay. or or maybe not i'm not 100 percent certain on that he's been apparently running jabba the hutt's operation here since for the last five years since uh jabba's death um bubba fett just kind of walks in you know it's like bubba bubba fett it's so nice to see you, you. again yeah. how are you doing it's 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 Jabba's not here at the moment. I think you know why. You know you should you should account for what you what happened. And he just Bob Fett just shoots him, and no. proceeds to sit where Jabba the Hutt used to sit at, um, with the teaser now for uh, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, which presumably is going to tell the story of what happens at this point going forward of what Boba Fett does, because um, clearly he's not working with the Mandalorian anymore. He's moved on yeah. from that. Yeah. So, um, but again, season three, very much up in the air. Don't know when that's going to take place at this point here. What happens to Finnick? Uh, he's actually, she's with uh, Boba Fett as well. Okay. Keep in mind, like, uh, Mag- uh, Ming-Na here has been in um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the last seven years as well. Yeah. So she's I really been, like her. Yeah, yeah. Again, she's she's found herself a nice little niche to, niche to be in here at this point. Like, she's yeah. in a lot of, like, cool TV shows. She gets to play cool characters you know very much in demand for an, an asian actress here at the end of the day which is awesome i think well and the other and thing is, is she's she's actually i believe american born she's american born but again of asian descent of asian descent but she has elected rather than being melissa or or karen or something like that yeah, to, be to keep her japanese na- or her, her chinese name. name and i've 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 known women who um who have come from china and, and and upon arriving in the United States, bought a baby book and changed their names because they felt like they were unemployable. Yeah. Um, using their their Chinese names, so I think it's kind of neat that she she's kept Ming Na. Yeah, yeah. And I've met a lot of people that work too, where they um, have preferred to go by an American night, an American or Western uh-huh. name versus their own actual name at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I know a guy here who's um, as uh, Akbar Jahalini or something, but, uh-huh. he, but he would prefer to go by AJ. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if it's too much of a difference there, but again, I, I think it makes more sense maybe. 
Oh, I, I, I remember having conversations with somebody who used to work for me who, who said, oh, yeah, no, she, she got here because her husband was working on a green card and she wanted to be working and she was an accountant and um, she found herself unemployable uh, with her uh, Chinese name. Um, she spoke good English, but I mean, it was heavily accented and, mm. and, um, and her name was Melinda. Uh, I said, how'd you end up with Melinda? I bought a baby book. Uh, okay. Baby names and and uh, and picked it out of that. Okay. And I, and and I knew in and subsequently you know then it became one of my favorite questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And people had done the same thing. Okay. Now we just go on the internet and look at baby names. Yeah. 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 Um, so what did you think of the Mandalorian? I enjoyed it. I I am going to say this is is. Um, and this may be unpopular. I I wish it spent more time exploring because there are some very interesting characters. Some very very interesting characters. I'd like to know more about the the lady mechanic, as okay. an example. I I wish it spent more time developing the relationships between the characters. There are some really fun, nice relationships between characters, mm-hmm. um, and less time in battle. Um, it, it seems to me like nearly half of every episode is just shooting stuff. Yeah. Or fighting stuff or stabbing stuff. Or but you kind of went into that with a Western, too. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I, mean, I mean, it has to do with the genre that, that is is very definitely emulating. Yeah. I mean, I, I look forward to these characters getting reprising roles in either Book of Boba Fett, uh, Ahsoka, or... Um, Ahsoka, see, I, I find her very interesting because when you get into that battle, she clearly is not what you thought she was. Nope. And, and again, I mean, it's a very interesting character as well that they've, again, been working on for the last 14 years, really, when you think about it here, of trying to keep her relevant into the Star Wars continuity and storylines, um, mm-hmm. especially since, especially after Disney purchased it here back in the... Um, uh, 2000 uh, 2010s here because again I mean like it very much was a character where they were like okay well she's just going to be in Clone Wars and then that's it we don't care about this character afterwards you know like and then she but came fans did fans did and again she came back in Rebels um, which was a really big thing here and then when they did the quote unquote final season the seventh season of Clone Wars here she came back in that as well for the final episodes um, so clearly she was a very fan favorite character in that they've been um, keeping her in the forefront of their minds as far as other characters to keep to keep working on. And the fact that they're going to make a TV show around her um, not too dissimilar to The Mandalorian here is going to be really interesting. I'm kind of curious to see what her story is. And now um, with Cario um, being removed out of future projects here, it's left to be determined whether the New Republic will actually have um, either a new cast or if it'll be canceled entirely. Because, again, this was meant to be a vehicle for her character. Yeah. Um, and now that that's not going to happen anymore, I'm kind of curious if they'll either continue with the series or if they'll um, quietly uh, drop it at the end of the day here now. So, But I think there's still probably room to start other stuff here. And, again, I mean, like... Um, you know, potentially maybe I would love to see Bill Burr being like an undercover imper- you know, an undercover Republic agent at the end of the day. Cause I think yeah, cause I would just, I just like enjoy watching Bill Burr as well. 
I think he's such. I think he's got. And again, he's such an interesting character where he's like smart mouthing all the republics, where all the republic people, where he's just like, "Yo, come on, let's do this," and they're like, "No, no, we got to do it this way." Who cares? Well, okay, so so there are a lot of really memorable characters, and and I think what it, one of the things it does nicely is it does a nice job between um, melding new characters with old characters. Yes. And I think any of these spinoff series need to continue to do that. Well, they the need sec- to pull in things we recognize and go, oh. Well, the second season more so, I think. Because, again, you, you get that very early on with, like, Bubba Fett's armor and then the Night Owls and the Darksaber. Like, all those, like, a lot of that stuff wasn't fully existed in the first season. Like, the first season, if you never knew anything about Star Wars, it wasn't a whole lot to call back on outside of... Yeah, I'd seen in your case in, in particular, you had only ever seen the movies. Yeah, only ever know. seen the movies. And but, so, but but you had vehicles that looked like you know, you had you had X Wings, you had You had all of the classic hallmarks of what was yeah. modern day Star Wars. Well and, and, and I would say in season one you had the sand people, which for me were very you know, I remember we're, we're the call, first time I ever saw those. Were callbacks, but they weren't callbacks to specific characters or events. The, the Jawas. Well, but but you're on Tatooine and you've got yeah, but Tatooine's kind of like, you know, like, everyone everyone finds their way into, like, that one random city that everyone ends up passing through at some point or another. Like, everyone goes through Phoenix when they're flying at some point or another, whether okay, you but, want to or not. Understood, but but I think because you meet the Jawas in A New Hope mm-hmm. you, you see early the, on. Yeah, you see the Jawas there as well. Um, but season two really does call back to specific characters and events more so. Yeah. And especially in the sense of, like, Again, the dark saber being such a big deal means you know like oh the man that's the Mandalorian oh we're gonna get more Mandalorian stuff, ooh and then um, obviously you get Boba Fett which we kind of all knew was coming at some point. Well, and I and I assumed that the that the dark saber was was introduced because somehow you were going to if you were going to have a third season, mm-hmm. um, force a decision between who who's going to save Mandalore and is that going to become the next quest yeah and, and what I really what I really think is actually going to end up happening here is that it's um, the Mandalorian on the run from other Mandalorians who want that saber, saber. Um, and and he doesn't really want the saber can't he just hide it somewhere yeah but people are still going to come after him because they now know he's the one with the dark saber and he knows where it is even yeah. if he says it, he doesn't have it mm-hmm yeah, I, was like, I don't have it anymore. I, I, I sold it. That's gonna go over well with the locals. Yeah, and and at a certain point here, it's like a bargaining chip as well. It's like, hey, like leave me alone. I've got the dark saber. Or maybe at a certain point, he's like, you know what? I'm gonna push the way going forward for all Mandalorians. We're gonna put those helmets back on. Those helmets stay on going yeah, forward. So there, there, that in and of itself is an interesting question. Yeah. Now he has taken the helmet off. And he is engaged with another human being face to face. Well, Luke certainly saw his face. Luke certainly saw his face, and and I and, I, I, and presu- Yoda, I presume Baby Yoda saw mm-hmm. saw his face. And I presume that everyone else on that bridge saw that face as well. At the end of the day, he's got his back to them, but but I, I I presume as much. If 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 that's not the case, you know, potentially. But I mean, like, I I just assume at that point, like he's more relevant, relevant of putting the helmet on and off potentially. Um, and also potentially not wearing the armor as much either, which would be kind of interesting. Like, um, not wearing all that armor it certainly all the time. makes him multidimensional. Yeah, it, it gives you more opportunities. And again, like I'd like to see, you know, more of Pedro Pascal as well. He's got an interesting 
he's got an interesting face and look to him, and you've done a lot with him already with for two seasons with having him purely behind the mask. Um, but just to see him acting in episode seven without the mask on, you know, was a real was a real nice thing as well because again you can see his uncomfort comfortableness you can see his well in that bar that bar scene with yeah. the with the with the imperial um uh, with the imperial officers the, yeah yeah like you can clearly see his like his you know tension well, it, and his you almost know, autistic yeah in its own way because he doesn't want to make eye contact he doesn't want to mm-hmm. um i i think that we've had two seasons with him without the mask on it'd be interesting to see a little bit with him more commonly without the mask on, so we have a more um, potentially 3D character. Because, again, at a certain point here, like... Yeah. Because at a certain point here, like, you can't hide the fact that we've now all kind of seen his face already, you know? And the... Obviously, one of the big things in filming, obviously, is that if you can't hide it, feature it. Interesting. Okay. Because, again, I mean, like... Well, I mean, I would have liked to have seen him engage in the conversation with Mayhew about the villagers mm-hmm. when he was talking about, about these people um, and and understand what the Mandalorian's take on that was. He does... He's not a political animal, and he really... He's just going through the world and just living his life to, for the sake of just kind of like, today I eat bread, tomorrow I eat steak. What? Moving on. Well, and, and for the Mandalorian, the Jedi are... are Theoretically, they're sworn enemies. Yeah, and and yet he's he's finding them, he's cooperating with them, he's mm-hmm. defending them, um, as he does with Ashoku. And be, be 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 kind of interesting here that if like in the middle of the chase here, like he's not communicated or talked to by, because Mark Hamill's made no bones about it. he would love to do more Star Wars stuff. Yeah, he he would really like to continue doing more Star Wars stuff, especially because like you know. Harrison Ford, you know, doesn't want to do more Star Wars stuff. He famously did not want to do um, Return of the Jedi at all. Yeah. He, he famously said, no, I did my two movies. My story is over. Like, there's no reason for me I'm to dead. come back. I'm, you know. And now, especially in this case, he's just dead, dead. I mean, him coming back for episode nine here was like, because <gasps> we all kind of knew that how much um, um, you know, Harrison Ford didn't want to come back to play Han Solo um, at that point here, it's like, no, my character's dead. He's dead. I'm moving on with my career and do do other stuff here. Mark Hamill. Yeah, I don't want to be typecast, but I'll do another Indiana Jones. Well, we'll do three of them and then do Crystal Skull and basically just bury the entire series. Well, but the rumor is that there's another one coming out. Yes, there is. Yeah. It, does it exist like the Crystal Skull does? No, it does not. Oh, okay. I don't. I I saw the Crystal Skull. My mind hurts. As far Never as, saw it. Yes, yeah, you're not missing anything. As far as I'm concerned, you know, Raiders of... Indy's dead. Indy's dead, you know. You know, like, it, or, Indy is not dead. Indy is in a... Indy is retired from treasure hunting. He's just a history teacher. And, like, other people are bugging him for his stories. And he's trying to fend off the college-age women that are trying to, to, to you know... Entice him. Entice him at the end of the day, yeah. Um... But no, I mean, in general, like Mark Hamill's very much interested in doing more stuff here. It'd be nice to see, because again, clearly, like, again, they, they did. He's a, had his own revival. He's got his own revival, but like, you know, clearly the technology worked this time. Where like, they were able to age him down, and he clearly looks, you know, looked like Mark Hamill. You know, like, 
Yeah, looked and it's, looked age appropriate. It's not like when we had Rogue One where we had Moff Gideon where that was um, a little bit of an uncanny valley there. Well, I wasn't I wasn't happy with actually with Carrie Fisher. Oh, that look. See, yeah. I liked Carrie Fisher more than I liked Moff Gideon because Moff Gideon, I think, because we saw more of Moff Gideon that like you could clearly see a lot more of that. This wasn't the original actor that portrayed him, but with Carrie Fisher, like. I, I, we didn't. I didn't see her long enough to be. To it's very be, quick. To be very quick, and I didn't see her long enough to be disgusted by it. And it I was. was just, I found it off-putting. Okay, but I mean, like, did you have that same reaction with Luke Skywalker this time, though? No. I think so. Yeah, I was relieved. And it, it's again like the technology is getting a lot better in this particular case, especially. So did the cast know that that's who it was going to be? I I would assume that like. I, I don't know. I mean, that'd be an interesting question. Like, did you know it was Luke Skywalker at the very end that was going to show up? Or like, well, yeah, I read the script. Or it was like, you know. Uh, my understanding was that it, it, it didn't identify who it was in the script because they didn't want it to get out. Yeah. And that would make a lot of sense here, I mean, especially as a season-ending episode here. Yeah. So my understanding was it wasn't identified in the, in the, in the script. What I haven't heard is whether or not. It'd be an interesting question to ask, ask, ask the actors here at the end of yeah. the day. If they uh, knew who it was going to be. Because obviously the person playing it, I assume, I assume they masked Mark Hamill's face over? Or is that why the cape was quite so big? So during the actual action scenes, that was somebody else of Mark Hamill build. Right. But when it was actually like, when you actually got to see his face, that was actual Mark Hamill. Yeah, that I knew. That part was actually Mark Hamill and they just aged de- de- de-aged him here. Yeah. Um, now keep in mind, they did the same thing with Samuel L. Jackson in... Captain Marvel as well. Yeah. And that wasn't quite so jarring. I thought that was well done, actually. Oh, I didn't have any problems with that. Yeah, me, me neither. I I like that one a lot. So, again, yeah. I think they use, they learned their lessons from that and did similar technology for that to get Mark Hamill at that point here. Yeah. Um, but, again, Mark Hamill has made no bones about it. He would like to continue doing more stuff here. And I've enjoyed seeing him doing more stuff here, especially... Um, you know, like it, it'll be hard to get like a Princess Leia sort of in there as well. I I don't think you add her in at this point. Um, well, in part because we know the actress is dead. Yeah. And and you know to have somebody else play her would just feel wrong. Yeah, there's that. I always thought it would be interesting to have a storyline that was, um, her life before she before a new hope. And then again, I think that could be interesting too. Um, in which case, I think you would find somebody else who could play her. Yeah, and again, Jimmy Smith, I think, continuing to be the father, again, yeah. do the age thing where you age yeah. him down a little bit more. Uh, and literally, I think every episode could be like a year in the life of Leia. Yeah. You know, like this year, this episode was this and it was that. It was um, this portion of her life. And then you get to like just before. But talk about the political things that were happening because mm-hmm. that must have been just a really. No, no, you keep the political stuff in the background. Until okay. until she gets older and older and it becomes more in the forefront. So you, do you do you have and maybe you have this suggestion that she might be uh, force sensitive? Yeah, you know, but you can kind of tailor that in there a little bit. Uh, I, again, if it were me, what I would do is I would keep it mostly on her life. But then whenever you see her father like talking about stuff, like you, you were just interrupting him after he's talking about Empire or something or other, and like how dare they do this, this, and this, and then like. So it's kind of always in the background as the events happening in the background. Because we all can kind of just safely assume what's going on so long as you remind us of it that it's going on. 
I don't, but I think as you get closer and closer and closer in age to when um, the character would have been on, you know, Rogue One at the uh, on the um, as we get closer and closer to what would be Rogue One period here, that like you start bringing that up louder and louder to the point where she starts making a point of it in like I guess like an episode four or five or something or something something in here like snaps and makes her like want to focus on it more. Well, and another, if we're going to talk about backstories for for characters, it'd be interesting to know about Ray's parents. Oh, I actually don't think so at all. No. No. Why not? I I don't see a lot of value in it at the end of the day. I, I mean, I I kind of see an interest in kind of wanting to know, like, the children of the emperor. Did he had children? That he had children. Who was his wife? What Who, was she like? Yeah, like, I, or that, or was it not a wife? Or what, what? Yeah, like how did that kind of happen here? But like, I don't know what more could be gleaned off it that would either make me care for them more or less. Because again, you assume that they were good people because they hid Ray on a planet. Yeah. Where supposedly the Empire would never get to her, but like, and they sacrificed themselves. But I don't know. It's a lot of the same reason why I don't care all that much about Thomas and Martha Wayne in the new Batman series. Uh-huh. Because, like, I don't really need to know more about them because I already know who they are. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help me. Now, again, like, if it's... And, and it may pierce what your mind has created for them. In this, and again, now, keep in mind, that was a lot of the problem that happened with um, the prequels as well. Because, again, everyone had this precon- preconceived notion of where Darth Vader came from. I still, to this day, really do believe that Luke Skywalker should have been the grandson of Darth Vader. Because the way they describe the old hokey religions of the Sith and Jedi makes it sound as if, like, it was century, you know, it was, it's been hundreds of years versus at that time, at that point in time, it was just 19 years ago. Yeah. And all these people were. Over, are well over the age of 19 and it's really yeah. easily one of these things where it's like come on guys you you guys know about Jedi like it's not like some hokey religion you literally were in the you know you were literally in the army and you were in the galactic you were in the new republic navy like you were literally yeah. watching the clone wars unfold Fold. yeah and even even like Obi-Wan here like when Luke Skywalker says you were in the clone wars it's like it's like, oh yeah, yeah, like that long time ago, and that makes it seem like hundreds and hundreds of years. years Excuse me, I still have this difficulty bridging the notion of, you know, Ewan McGregor as like in his like forties, and then twenty years later he's now, um, oh, who's the actor that played Obi Wan Kenobi in the later films? Al, it's Al, Al, Al Guinness, Guinness, yeah. And Al Guinness would have been in his later sixties, maybe early seventies by that point when he did those roles. I have a hard time bridging twenty years aging you that much too. So, so we have continuity issues. I, I have continuity issues. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I again, I, I, I more like the idea of Luke Skywalker being like the grandchild of Duke, uh, or the grandchild of like um, Darth Vader here potentially, or like. Then how does he get out of Darth Vader's grasp? Then, then you have to create the story of his of his son. Yeah. Again, or, and, and again, like yeah. that's where like I have a problem there too. Yeah. Um, I would have preferred, again, like, if the Jedi religion was, like, this, you know, if the Empire had been around for the last, like, hundred-some-odd years, and the Jedi were this old, hokey thing that's, like, underground and not seen very commonly anymore, like, 
you know they meet in they meet like once a year at like a weird planet where it's like hey guys remember that time when we were cool yeah great everyone go back into hiding so we're having high school reunions yeah having like high school reunions occasionally every couple of years and they occasionally flare up issues and the, the republic the empire comes in they're like no, we missed the Jedi. I still didn't see him. Gotta get rid of all of them. Damn cockroaches. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe, well, and, maybe and, that's and the I answer. Guess, and I guess my, my, I've always taken issue, strangely enough, with, with the idea that, that you, you secret away the one child and hide it with Jimmy Smith's family, mm-hmm. Princess Leia. You, you secret her away. And then the other one, you leave with his correct last name, so that he's easy to find. You can look him up in in the yellow pages, and um, and you place him with his uncle. Like that's not the most obvious place to put him. Yeah, and clearly there was a funeral for Padme. Like, it's not as if they wouldn't be a report on there. Like Padme, I remember Padme being a lot more pregnant-y looking. I wonder what happened there. Well, in, in Leia, you know, Luke asks Leia, "What do, do you, you remember of your, your mother? mother?" It's like. You know, uh, uh, yeah, very little. Uh, you know, which would imply that she she lived some time with her mother, and that's not true. Yeah. Uh, again, this is my same reason why. I, like, I think like Luke's or Luke and Leia's mother should have been like a concubine to like Darth Vader. Potentially, like if you had like a again, like if you had Darth Vader in like a moment of weakness, you know, and the names given were like Luke, were Skywalker at the end of the day here because. This concubine knew Anakin's original name or something, especially if like the, the woman was a much much older woman, uh, like in her fifties, I would say maybe, because then you give the impression that like she knew what Darth Vader was before putting on the mask. But then you also then wonder here like, well, how did he get into the mask? How how was Obi Wan his teacher again? I I like the notion here that it's been a couple hundred years and that people that are Force sensitive live for hundreds of years. Well, because you got Yoda at 800. Yeah, you got Yoda like 700, 800 years or something. And then like Obi-Wan being like 110, maybe like 105 years old. Like, sure, maybe. Why not? And then like, you know, Darth Vader not being too dissimilar at that point here. Like, yeah, maybe. I, I, I also like the idea here that like Darth Vader, you know, kept his wife and he had a and, you know and the, he had a wife and and such and his wife was I, I, now that I think about it here like Padme survives but she was never pregnant in the beginning and so like he keeps her more like a political prisoner than a wife but he calls her but they're both husband and wife and okay. she eventually just escapes one day and is happens to be pregnant gives birth it's, it's kind of like hiding with Jimmy Spitz and in hiding and gives birth and is like you know and obi-wan just happens to come by as well you know like since it sounds like you got a good piece of fanfic going i'm working i've I've been shopping it here in my brain for the last four and a half seconds oh okay there we go working working through the smaller insignificant details i'm just saying there there, there, there are there are backstories that would be interesting yeah so okay so but uh, we're going to post all the notes here for the second season on our website at the nerdtutorialpodcast.com. And then if you want to follow us as well, we continue the discussion on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast. And if you want to follow some of the other topics we've been following as well, um, I'm not going to add uh, the Mandalorian here just yet. 
because I'm sure we're going to get a lot of the cancel Disney Plus and the Gina, you know, cancel Pedro Pascal sort of stuff on there as well. So I don't want to flood the Twitter timeline with that right now. But we follow all of our old topics on our Twitter page, as well as any sort of comments, critiques, and suggestions for future episodes. Um, you can let us know at the nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter. Um, we're not going to do WandaVision next week. I had been planning on doing WandaVision next week, but we're, the episodes are still coming out. So in two weeks' time, we'll do WandaVision. Okay. Because that's, all, WandaVision. that's also on Disney Plus right now. They're only up okay. to episode um, six as of last night. Okay. And there's nine episodes in total. Okay. So if we do two weeks, we'll do a we'll do an epi- we'll do an episode on the tutorial on what, on what WandaVision what is, is and a little bit more into these characters, um, and kind of give you the hint of what's happening because of what MCU stuff was happening late last. Okay. And then go from there. Okay. Um, but we'll have to wait two weeks to get to that. Here in the meantime, I have I will find a new topic for next week. Cool. So, but in the meantime, we hope that you guys stay safe out there in these weird times, and we'll see you guys again next time. Bye.